0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions
1: apply. Hello, everybody. It's John Pollock and waiting. We are live with your WrestleMania 39 post show. Brought to you by... Nord, Nord VPN. (laughs) Uh, No, this is not it. This is not (laughs) it. I just felt in the, in the spirit of tonight's WrestleMania event, we had to have a presenting sponsor, if not many more. This was the most, uh, uh, corporatized, uh, WrestleMania in history, which, (laughs) Hey, if, if, When they state that, hey, we doubled our sponsorships this year and we're over 20 million, folks, you watch tonight's broadcast, I'm surprised they only got 20 million for what they promoted throughout that uh, four-hour broadcast. Everyone under the sun was accounted for, from Cinemojis to uh, Prime Energy to uh, a tax auditing system, everyone was accounted for.
0: Yeah. Um. If you're the accountant for the WWE, I, I, I suppose you know you're. I guess you'd be pretty happy if you're any sort of executive or maybe
1: even a shareholder. Yeah,
0: tonight was probably something that you would have been in favor of.
1: Yeah. We have a lot to discuss about uh, tonight's edition of WrestleMania, the first of two nights at SoFi Stadium. Later on in the show, we will be opening it up to you. If you are a member at postwrestlingcafe.com, you already have the call-in link. So we will be going to calls at the end of our review. So you can uh, jump into the, into the room towards the end of our review. We'll go to the calls. We will also be taking feedback and, of course, welcoming your Super Chats if you are joining us in the youtube room so looking forward to hearing from many of you with your thoughts on wrestlemania the weekend itself and if we have some time we will see how late we go uh, maybe we can uh share some thoughts on stand and deliver um providing you saw some of it way
0: i saw two matches out of the event so we can t- talk about that for sure
1: well let's get into wrestlemania night one from sofi stadium in inglewood california which for tonight's broadcast it was uh, Los Angeles, just outside of Los Angeles. We want to use Los Angeles. But there were a few Inglewoods mixed in there as well. Always, it's uh, a, always a, fun with the WWE geography as well. I mean, it, it's hard it's Hollywood. to find we, we got Hollywood, Los Angeles, and Inglewood, all at different points describing where they were. Uh,
0: uh, geography is, is somewhat complicated. But, you know, I think for all intents and purposes, certainly for marketing purposes, you probably want to go with the most well-known location.
1: So uh, as of this morning, these were the numbers from Russell Ticks of tickets that were distributed. OK, so this will be our, our comparison point. So for night one, uh, again, this was as of Saturday morning, they were at sixty six thousand one hundred and thirteen and just slightly more about um, like two hundred and fifty more tickets for tomorrow night at sixty six thousand three sixty four. So that combined number is one hundred and thirty two thousand four seventy seven. Legit that's the amount of tickets out which is not Mm. just sold but it it is also like comps that uh get covered in there a gigantic Mm. number but not big enough so we will get to that later on in the show uh the pre-show they did a two-hour pre-show and it was just like your panel chat, which is all this needs to be. And it seems that this one especially, it was just to get outside personalities on. They had Gabriel Iglesias, Maria Menunos, Stephen A. Smith came out for this, and a boxer, Ryan Garcia, who seemed like he was there to be, uh, he was a fan of Rey Mysterio, but also to promote his fight with uh, Gervonta Davis in a couple of weeks' time as well. So I see these kickoff shows, especially for your WrestleMania ones, being where you can just reach out to celebrities that are willing to come in chat about their their love of professional wrestling for a couple of minutes and and that's it but it's uh the long two hours of chat that is by no means required viewing as uh someone that is just consuming wrestlemania and four hours is is enough for you you do not need these extra two
0: it's not for you and I, and it's not even for the fans that have already decided to watch the show. It's, it's for maybe the person that has a slight interest in this and hasn't been following the storylines and maybe wants you know a two-hour catch-up. It's for the people that might be holding a party, whether at their house or maybe at a bar. Uh, Shout-out to our friends at Poison Rana who sold out their first night viewing. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, you just want something on, on in the background. I mean,
1: other sports do this all the time. So we go into the show, and Becky G... Uh, saying America the Beautiful, a native of Inglewood, California. And then we go into our opening video where they've done this now a few years where it's like they try and do this, this comedic parody of a typical opening for a big award show or something. This one featuring Kevin Hart with some, some very witty banter with the voiceover guy and then narrating over classic WrestleMania clips. And we go into the show. It is Michael Cole and Corey Graves who are calling both nights all the matches. No Kevin Patrick or Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett was on the panel, but um, they're, they're going with obviously who they perceive as the, the A-list announcers, or at least their their a team uh, of your SmackDown play-by-play announcer and your color guy from Raw.
0: Yeah, um, this, you know, doesn't seem out of place. I, I think it's perfectly fine. I mean, until maybe, um, I, I guess, Kevin Patrick and Wade Barrett um, maybe have a few more years. I, I don't necessarily see them changing this. You know, the, the, Cole and uh, Corey have really good chemistry uh, all to themselves, and I think they're perfectly suitable rather than having the switch around every single time.
1: Yeah, I I don't think anyone could go up and down this card and label who is Raw and who is SmackDown. So it doesn't really matter anymore. The Miz is in the ring with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, let's talk about the set, you
0: know, because this is WrestleMania and this is always a very significant part of the show. The set I thought was absolutely gorgeous here, you know, like they they they, you know obviously kind of tailored it to some sort of like award stage, like an Oscar stage, with like just rows of steps surrounding the aisle. I thought it was and a
1: gigantic stage that this, this thing was huge. I don't know if it was the, the level of Orlando, the roller coaster set, but mm-hmm. this was a pretty long ramp that they had. And when John Cena came out and the way he kind of like tiptoed down this ramp, I was like, man, someone's going to fall down this thing. But so far, <laughs> so good on night one. No one no one tripped on this ramp. But it was a, it was a long walk down this ramp. As, as is usual, you know, for a
0: WrestleMania, um, I, I thought it looked every bit, bit as grand, you know, of a, of a stage as you would expect from a, a show like this. And I thought every production element to the start of this show, including that Kevin Hart video, I mean, completely represented to me what. People watching should be thinking about as a Super Bowl level event, you know, featuring celebrity celebrity integration, featuring just incredible pyrotechnics and just great production. And you know, um, as a as a viewer like me, I I even think WWE
1: is ahead of the Super Bowl in many cases. So, yeah, it looked fantastic. The Miz is in the ring with Snoop Dogg. Now, Snoop Dogg had been on the poster in the promotion of this. Never once was this man mentioned of having any involvement in this show, but he is the co-host of WrestleMania. This was—I I don't know if maybe this was just they—they uh, they didn't know if they had 100% confirmation that this guy was going to do it. But it was like he was in advertising for the show, and you would think like if he was co-hosting the show, that would be something you would want to promote ahead of time more than The Miz.
0: I suppose so. I don't know. You're—you're you're right. Like he was the dog up being-
1: father of WrestleMania. as the graphic dubbed him?
0: That's right. Yeah. He ended up being on, on the entire thing and uh was a lot more than just a cameo. Um, but they also didn't announce Kevin Hart either. And like any sort of like anybody with a Wikipedia page that appeared on these shows in the past, they would have made some effort to advertise. So the fact that they didn't mention Kevin Hart nor Snoop Dogg, maybe maybe shows a bit of reserve and, you know, um,
1: maybe a desire to save those things for surprises, which they were. So. The Miz did some comedy with with Snoop Dogg, comparing their accolades that, you know, Snoop has been in his music videos. Miz has done WrestleMania the musical. He mentioned movies that Snoop has been in. He's been in the Marine sequels, the Slammy Awards that he has won. And then this was interesting. The Miz teed up the the big matches. And this was kind of interesting to see how the crowd was going to react. And Sami Zayn was the last name mentioned and did get the loudest uh, pop at the end of it and, and Charlotte got, Charlotte was mentioned and got booed Charlotte got got some booze when she was mentioned as well so it mm-hmm. did give you a kind of a sense of where where this crowd was mm-hmm. but kicking things off it is Austin Theory I really liked Austin Theory's entrance where they started in the back and then the camera like followed him almost from his point of view walking onto the stage which is our first wrestler coming out For the entrance and then you like swoop in to see the big crowd and it was just a a cool angle that WWE doesn't often do where we're from the perspective of the performer coming out to see the crowd it was like there were far more impressive entrances on this show but I I thought this was a a cool one at the at the beginning and then we have a -A make-a-wish video and Putting over all of John Cena's wishes that he has granted over the years. And we have a group of make-a-wish kids who are on the stage, whose wish it was to go to WrestleMania. And of course, Cena is the one to come out with these kids. And it's like, <laughs> there's no way John Cena's going to be losing this match. But I, I guess th- this weekend, you, you should not be assuming any like sentimentality guarantees a victory. Um, so Cena comes out and. I thought this was an awesome entrance. You know, it was like
0: mm, I mean there's there's always a, a big level of, of PR attached to any sort of like um I don't know, um anything you see in the WWE, but like as a way to integrate it into create a really special moment for a John Cena entrance, I thought this was awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, like the like for these kids, I mean what a what a cool experience to Go through this uh, mm-hmm. and, and have this uh, kind of uh, involvement in the, in the show just to be there on the stage. Cena also had this G.I. Joe-inspired shirt. And they mentioned that in his first WrestleMania match back in 2004, he opened up the show and won the U.S. title from the big show. So here he is all the way back. This is his first singles match since SummerSlam of 2021. And this this match was like the most like basic as you could possibly imagine. I, Mm -hmm. they had the benefit of being out first and this audience, they were very much into John Cena and into booing Austin theory. And thank God they would because dude, like they did so little in this match. Like I'm talking shoulder block stall play to the crowd. Everything was milked so much just the simplest of offense from John Cena. Um, he grabs the leg at one point, goes for the AA, but it's stopped, and Theory hits a DDT, but the crowd cheers for Cena. He, there's a long sleeper hold by Theory, and Cena runs him into the corner. He does his uh, shoulder tackles, five-knuckle shuffle, and goes for the AA, but Theory grabs the rope, and he is swung into the referee, so the ref is down, and Cena goes for the STF. Theory taps, and Cena lets go. I've done it. I've done it. Wait a minute. The ref is out, and with the ref out, theory hits a low blow, hits the a town down, and the referee comes to and counts three at eleven minutes and twenty seconds. I thought this match was pretty bad. Like uh, of the matches I saw this weekend, like the, like I, I'm sure you could find a few this weekend uh, uh among the independent level that were worse. But of like major matches, this was this was pretty bad. I thought e- this was mm. easily the worst match on the show. Hmm. I pause because
0: I'm curious to know what sort of qualification you're watching this match through. Because I'm not watching a John Cena opening WrestleMania match the same way I'm watching a Vikingo versus Commander match. You know, I I, I, I I'm completely... watching this the
1: same standard I watched every match on this show that was, so, it,
0: I completely agree that this was about as basic of a John Cena match as you can get. But I think at this stage of John Cena's career, when simply seeing him in person becomes an attraction, a basic standard match feels special. And it's the atmosphere that is attached to something like this, seeing the grandeur of the setting, the entrances, the atmosphere I thought was awesome. I thought the audience was hanging on to every momentum shift in this match, reacting huge for all of the teases of John Cena's hits and reacting even bigger for any time Theory would cut him off. Um... I was personally looking also to see, like, if Cena's wrestling would be any more different now, more reserved than it was in the past because he's now a full-time actor with a lot more to lose from a potential injury. And, I mean, you kind of realize Cena has really built a career off of a relatively safe style. And when you have to, you know, work as much as as he used to work and and the commitments that he had, especially now – it under it understand you can understand why he doesn't do a whole lot of um i don't know spectacular maneuvers and more so just relies and milks and maximizes whatever there is um that he can do so i i actually felt like this looked like a pretty identical john cena from when we usually get to see him you know he he, he he's able to perform what i thought was a good john cena match and for me, you know, it was more so um, a chance to get to see how Theory would be able to handle the pressure. I thought he handled it pretty well, played to the crowd well. But I would say a lot of Theory's in-ring offense when he had the heat was pretty dull, you know, and I I do agree there. Um, And that could definitely be improved. But overall, I thought in terms of atmosphere, I thought this was like a very capable, good opening match that featured a, a, a big name to entice people to keep watching the rest of the show.
1: Listen, they. I, I'm i not denying that the crowd reacted to this. So if that's your ultimate goal, great. I didn't think this was the kind of performance that this had been built up to be this breakthrough match for Austin Theory. I thought the finish was really just a lame way for him to win that I don't think he's any any way further uh, with this win over Cena the way they did it. Um, and t- to me, it was just... Like, I, I couldn't envision John Cena doing a, a 20-minute main event at, at this point. And I just thought this was just in terms of a wrestling match way below um the, the standard that you would want for a place on on this show. Like yes, Cena's the big star, but I think our whole discussion was this promo and like this had to be something beneficial for Austin Theory. And I, I can't say that I felt like this was any kind of breakthrough type of performance that he gained a whole lot from this. I think this is going to be instantly forgotten. I think that
0: depends on the follow-up. You know, I actually think he's going to hang on to this win for the rest of the year i mean this was the whole point of this feud and giving austin theory this role was to say that he beat john cena and he that's something he you know it's like akin to like you know randy orton having the legend killer moniker um whether or not you thought his performance was good enough maybe that that's definitely another topic but i think the booking by the end was perfectly logical
1: well, I just think even when you're looking at the Roman Reigns match that Cena did, which, again, is over a year and a half ago at, at this point, I just think I just think Cena is so limited at at this point. And but this for a was bride- an opening match from a full time Hollywood actor. I mean, I, w- I wasn't expecting a, a main event level match. I'm I was expecting an opening level match, and I don't think this was that. I just thought this was a pretty weak match overall. So maybe you and I uh, saw different things and if people cannot see john cena way maybe that's because they live in a geo-restricted area of the world and maybe they missed this match and they can't even weigh in on our debate of whether this was a good match or a bad match what would you suggest if people wanted to get in on that debate and they were unable to see this match tonight
0: i would suggest that they keep listening to this podcast so that they could learn about nord vpn yes Title sponsors are all the rage these days, and that makes this show no different. We want to thank NordVPN for continuing to sponsor post-wrestling. I've been using Nord for over a month now, and um, people who have been listening to our Rewinded Dynamite podcast have been able to follow my saga of everything that I've been able to achieve through my use of a VPN. I've been able to use it to subscribe to AEW+, which lets me watch Dynamite without commercials, uncensored. I use it to purchase uh, pay-per-views at a cheaper price through other parts of the world, and if you are Canadian, you have even more incentive now to use NordVPN because the VPN gives you access to AEW's all access for free through tbs.com. So get access to all access on top of all the other security features the VPN provides, keeping your data private from ISPs, malware sites, hackers, people that, you know, you, you might be um, friends with that that are looking to just do such incredibly nefarious things you don't even want to mention. So nordvpn.com slash postwrestling, grab your exclusive nordvpn deal by going to nordvpn.com slash postwrestling and get a huge discount off your nordvpn plan plus four months for free, completely risk-free with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, nordvpn.com slash postwrestling. Let them know you found out about us by using our code. You can find it in the show description. And our thanks again to nord for their supportive post. You'll
1: be head over heels for this deal. It's a fantastic value for you, the listener and the viewer. Then we went to the Xfinity highlight of the Nightway, who are not sponsoring this show, uh, to recap uh, the four-way tag that we have uh, coming up next. Titus O'Neill is out on commentary with Graves and Cole, and it is Braun Strowman and Ricochet against the Street Profits, Viking Raiders, and Alpha Academy. And they had eight and a half minutes, and I thought they just made the most of this, We talked about this potentially being a sleeper on the show. I think this totally uh, lived up to expectations, and we got some some great stuff in here, including Chad Gable, who this audience really did seem to gravitate towards. And he at one point gives the crowd a a thank you up on the turnbuckle. Uh, This is after he hits a chaos theory onto Braun Strowman, which was quite the impressive feat. Then we had Ivar with a moonsault off the top, missing Dawkins tower of doom where ford is hung up at at the top and then ricochet dives off taking down ford the crowd is going nuts here for this prompting titus to give a holy sugar honey iced tea live on on television stroman express around the ring then dawkins takes out stroman with a pounce and this is followed by this gorgeous springboard shooting star by Ricochet to the floor onto Dawkins and Eric, then goes for... It one was actually
0: like a double jump springboard shooting star press. Like, he jumped from one rope to the other, and, and the camera barely caught it. But, I mean, I'm sure it was even more impressive live.
1: Well, he followed with another shooting star in the ring and lands on the knees of Dawkins, who holds Ricochet in place for... Ford to hit from the, the heavens to the back of Ricochet and Dawkins covering him in eight minutes and 27 seconds as the Street Profits get the win. Very fun match that the eight of them had. I, w- I would say for especially the Viking Raiders, this was you know as strong a showing as th- they have had in this incarnation. I, w- I would say this was among their WWE highlights, period
0: yeah absolutely you know um coming off of the their match on monday i already had pretty elevated expectations for this and you know these four are unfortunately these four teams i should say are unfortunately in in the middle of a deck a tech division that's been pretty stagnant because they don't really have a title to chase um and also because there's just not many interesting you know um characters or or storylines but What they did on Monday already gave me enough of, like, uh, reason to think that in ring, these guys could do something really well. And I thought they exceeded those expectations here. You know, um, the creativity that I thought these four teams exhibited in sequencing this match, giving you not only some great high spots, but continuing to stack on top of those high spots, big spot on top of big spot on top of big spot. It's not enough to have, you know, Ivar do a soul. Let's have Strowman come off the top with the big splash uh for the first time that I, I could remember seeing. Yeah, and- Strowman did the the splash and that was pretty Pretty nuts as well. It was awesome. And it wasn't enough to have Starman to do the express. Let's have Dawkins kill him and have Titus on commentary go crazy about how he's, he's a D1 former football player. And then having Ricochet without like missing a beat, delivering that like double jump shoot shooting star press. I mean, by the end of this, I didn't think it really mattered which team won because I thought every single person got some incredible shine. You know, including like G- Gable with the chaos theory, theory on Braun. Um, I felt like it completely reinvigorated my Faith in the tag team division, and I really think this is the style of match. This is like a PWG style of match that they really should be concentrating and fostering on their television to make the tag team matches feel special again. I I thought it was great. This was this was Paul's love
1: letter to Resita, This show, yeah, definitely. Xavier Woods is on the set of Up Up Down Down with the brawling brutes, Liv Morgan and Tyler Breeze yeah' he a regular cast member. yes, he's there. So on 2k23 they are going to simulate Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul, and we got the most like uninspired commentary here of, "Oh, look at this, and uh, look at that. And we learn that 58 percent of the time Seth Rollins prevails in the game. What does this mean? This was obviously a spoiler for the match
0: next, <laughs> I guess well they're, they're ratings I suppose you know and, and the algorithm um, told you that uh, about what to expect I, I mean this was you know another piece of promotion throughout the show and yeah there was a lot of it on the show I have zero issue with it as long as it's not um, affecting the actual show When you get to the point of including zombies in your matches or like, I don't know, like Mountain Dew uh, as part of like the spot. What what, what
1: about Rey Mysterio about to have like a blood, blood battle with his son that he has been tortured and he's got to shake hands with the Cinemoji before entering battle?
0: So, what about like a Super Bowl team that's about to enter and compete for the match of their lives, but having to, you know, walk past a billboard?
1: I'm, listen, wait, I I don't, I I don't have a, you see this shit
0: in other sports, you know? I, I, I just, I, I saw the way it was integrated tonight and it kind of makes you wonder why haven't they been doing this forever? And like I said, it gets too far when it becomes part of the match.
1: This go go, go watch a big, go watch a big lucha event like a, like a triple A or like a triple mania or the CMLL anniversary show, dude. It's like tons of this stuff, like it is ingrained. Like WWE, it's just it is just sports, yeah. Well, I mean, just get used to this stuff, like they are going to do more and more uh, of this. Like, this was the most, um. And You're even this people. like
0: up, up, down, down one, I thought was perfectly fine. I mean, gave some press to, to up, up, down, down, first of all, and gave press to your video game in a way that almost felt like um like a sports analysis type of way. So there's justification there. Like, as long as you can give me and, and, and give me your products or your advertisements in a creative, justifiable way, I I think it's perfectly cool. What was Butch here for? I guess he's part of the cast, is he? I don't know. I don't I don't normally watch up up down down, but yeah, chat room, let us know.
1: Seth Rollins against Logan Paul. So it's Logan Paul's twenty-eighth birthday, and he announces that he got a zip line for his birthday. So he zip lines across the stadium and lands on the on the ramp and is followed by a prime energy mascot who yes. comes out with him. So
0: the zip line I took to be a direct reference to Sean in Hollywood. The last time they were at WrestleMania, when Sean wrestled right at WrestleMania, which I thought was incredibly heartwarming. I mean, of course, we know Shawn Michaels was one of Logan Paul's trainers. So I imagine it was a tribute there. I thought that was awesome. And then the the obnoxiousness of the Prime guy. Yes, again, another product integration in the show. But I think this was one
1: that made absolute sense for the character. And it also, of course, set up the spot later on as well. They had a really clever I- integration of the, the mascot later. So then we have this orchestra conductor come out to direct Seth Rollins theme with the whole stadium singing his song. And Rollins comes out in this. Yeah, this
0: did not work that well. I mean, this, this conductor, I, I think the idea was that the crowd.
1: I thought was- they were going to bring out a whole choir and he was going to direct them. And uh, but it was just him. So,
0: I mean, these crowds are are known to break into, you know, Rollins' song on their own. And I think they had this conductor try to instigate that. But this crowd was not really playing along and it made for a bit of awkward pausing before I think they, you know, had to use a bit of musical cue to lead it. And when he walked over to the other side to try it with the other side, it wasn't even really working then. So ultimately, it it was just him like waving his arms as the music or like a pre-recorded, you know, chant started to sing neat idea
1: but unfortunately didn't really work out well Rollins didn't care he came out in this giant red robe with like (laughs) like this pink vest and these red chaps and Logan is yawning as he enters and then Rollins just like extends his arms and just feeds off of the the singing for like a solid 30 seconds in the middle of the ring and I I think the man made a calculated error using those red boots on a throwaway episode of raw
0: the super mario uh or sonic boots or whatever they are yeah yeah maybe those would that those have constituted
1: a disqualification those boots i don't think so i think i think he would they, they would have let them slide so the match begins and uh, paul tosses them over the top rope just like at the royal rumble and michael cole explains that logan paul He's not just athletic. He studies sports entertainment, and what sports entertainment has he been studying? The late sports entertainer Antonio Inoki and his octopus submission, which uh, Logan puts on like this submission on the ground. He, did, he is- did a
0: Russian leg sweep sweep into an octopus, which I mean is a very legitimate, you know, combination of those moves. Yeah, might have been watching some Kobashi tapes. Who knows what what he's been studying?
1: All the greats, the great sports entertainers of of, of the past. Logan then leaps from the canvas to the top turnbuckle, uh, misses with the moonsault, and then Rollins tosses him over the top, hits three consecutive suicide dives, and then stomps Logan Paul's hand on the stairs, which is going to affect his punches for later. So the Bionic fist. Yes. yes, the titanium screw hand. Mm-hmm. It lands on Seth Rollins moments later, but there's a delayed cover, and Rollins kicks out and makes a lot of sense. Like, this knocked him out on TV, but now he has weakened the hand. So then the Prime Energy guy yanks Logan to the floor and it's revealed to be KSI, his business partner with Prime Energy. And it leads to Rollins being posted and they're going to shoot their viral moment of Seth being put through the desk on the floor. So Logan goes to the top turnbuckle and Seth at the last second pulls KSI onto the desk as Logan then leaps. And this was great, okay, because as he is going to jump, there's like a one-second gap, okay, where Seth has to pretty much get KSI and switch places. And nine times out of ten, it can look a little goofy that you're going to jump into midair as there's a new target. Logan looks up to the sky before he jumps. He, he was actually
0: – sorry, I was, I'm actually playing, and I, I don't want to get flagged. Let's He was spit. He took a sip of prime energy and spat it out Triple H style, which took his gaze off of the table. And in that split second is when Rollins did the switch with KSI. The timing on this was impeccable. On a stage like this, on a like, you know, there are no second takes for something like this. This could have been completely hokey, could have been awful. They fucking nailed this. As and, and Logan hit way. him
1: perfectly, too. Like, he, yeah. he got a lot of height on this thing and nailed KSI, who was, like, great in his role here. Like, look at this. They've already got the uh, the video up, Um, like, from the perspective of KSI's phone and then cutting to uh, the, the splash. So this is going to be one of their huge Instagram videos. And then Seth immediately gets Logan into the ring, hits the pedigree, and the place goes nuts for this near fall as Logan kicks out. Logan then catches the stomp. And he's also been studying sports entertainer Kenta because, because he hits the go to sleep. Uh, Yes.
0: Yeah. I'm sure he, he picked that up from his Kenta tapes.
1: Hits a splash. And then Logan leaps off the turnbuckle. He goes for a coast to coast, but he's caught with a super kick. Goes down and Rollins hits the stomp to win the match in 16 minutes and 16 seconds of Pretty strong match that that they had here. Another great outing for Logan Paul, and he had an awesome opponent here in Seth Rollins. And I, I like the incorporation of KSI. It was a really fun spot, and uh, they they had a really hot crowd for the, these big near falls at the end. And I think everyone bit on the pedigree. I thought this match was awesome.
0: I, 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 I thought they killed it. You know, I, I think Logan Paul is, if he wasn't already, by far the best celebrity wrestler that – certainly the wwe has ever had um i'm trying to struggle to think i mean really what classifies as a celebrity wrestler well i guess my definition would be somebody who wasn't already a wrestler that is stepping into professional wrestling i don't know if there's a better one than logan paul um it this you know just really kind of cemented you know what is already i think an incredible run with a wrestlemania singles classic now you had everything about this um feel like it belonged on this stage between the grand entrance with the uh, zip line that I think it was at once um, obnoxiously heel, heelish, but also paid great homage to a classic, you know, Los Angeles WrestleMania moment of the past. Um, And then you had a guy, two guys display incredible athleticism with that single jump, best moonsault ever. I thought great storytelling and good use of psychology with the bionic hand and how Rollins was able to thwart the bionic hand. But for me, it was this dive in this wonderfully timed prime energy ksi you know like all this bullshit wrapped into a beautiful like professional wrestling spot that not just you know didn't just deliver i think great excitement but i mean there was a there's real marketing genius in all of this look at the ad for his stupid drink right now and this viral video that's that's already probably going out there that ksi shot like this kid is is a marketing genius. He really is. And I thought he was able to mix it all incredibly, well with this, 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 this stage of WrestleMania plus his own athleticism. I mean, I thought it was a really, really good match, you know, maybe Paul's best match in the WWE so far. And I think a significant match in the Seth Rollins career, like he hasn't really had a match like this, you know, with a celebrity and this couldn't have turned out better. I thought.
1: So if, if, Logan was playing the Shawn Michaels role. Is that why Seth wore pink in this match? Well, he was
0: kind of wearing a double J Jeff Jarrett like you know
1: Yeah, the Jarrett. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, like the leather. Uh, thing. Well, maybe he's giving a nod to a lot of people. I'm just imagining no, Brett incorporating KSI into that Iron Man match. It, um, what would be Brett's version of KSI?
0: Like back in I know, the day,
1: they would have had to work in like a karate fighter's spot into there, and like a StrideX <laughs> like pimple pad for like one of the like at the forty-minute mark during a uh, near fall. Maybe the
0: the guy from Lonesome Dove would have shown up um, in Brett's corner.
1: The excellence of execution. <laughs> yes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, something they also did I really really liked the different shots of crowds around the world it Mm -hmm. made this event feel so international i love the fact that we went right to australia after rhea ripley's win we went to london where they plugged money in the bank they went to germany where and to places where like in germany there it's the middle of the night and australia it's sunday i thought this was such a cool idea it just made it feel like a party in all these different areas of the world. They always would do this on, like, the Survivor finale. And, I mean, it's it's not like you're reinventing the wheel with this idea. But what what a cool, simple idea. Like, they got to promote their, like, broadcast partner there. It was... Like, such an easy thing to do, and I I thought this was a really cool add-on to tonight's show.
0: It made the event and the brand feel completely international. I mean, these are all, like, I I would say probably pretty basic things that, like, other sports, you know, have, have probably done for years. Um, but for whatever reason, professional wrestling has yet to adopt a lot of these things. And I think that's, you know, probably part of the Nikon influence and just having different people in charge and, and bring about different ideas. We could, of course, all look at, at it through a little lens of like, you know, are, are they simply trying to make this company you know, feel bigger because they want to sell it? or Like all this other shit. But oh, if the okay. end re-
1: tonight was very much a um, like uh, an open house. So, to yeah.
0: speak. But if the end result is a better show, then well, then, yeah, you should be doing this stuff.
1: Well, certainly, I would say that if you were a advertiser watching the show, it's for many, I'm sure many advertising companies that have a stigma with pro wrestling. It's like, where do you even begin? And you watch something like this. And it's like, look at all the ways we can integrate products into our show. And there might be some friction with, with fans when it when it comes to that. That's natural. But for advertisers, it's like, how does wrestling even work? And then when you see the kind of proof of concept here, which Mm -hmm. WWE has always been, they've been averse to certain areas. Like, they will hit you over the head with certain areas, but this is certainly a level we have not seen them go to. And it's just showing people, like, listen, it's not just, hey, we're going to air a bumper ad uh, after a match. It's incorporating your product into the actual program itself with our characters, and that could be very enticing. It's just more ways we can monetize our on-screen product.
0: Yeah. But I think it's a very delicate balance. You know, like, like I said, like no company would want their brand to be associated with something that's a negative feeling coming off of watching a show. Like when that, when they did that golden egg bullshit, who wanted to see the rocks movie anymore after something like that, when they did the zombie bullshit, like would you have wanted to play? What was it? The video game or like the zombie movie? What was it? Army of the dead? Like, I uh, why would I want to associate negative thoughts, you know, into the product that you're advertising? So you can't go too far. And I thought tonight was p- like perfectly acceptable, you know, like you didn't get too far in the way of, of the show and just you know showed the logos and made people aware. It was fine.
1: Next match was the uh, the women's uh, six six woman tag: Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus. So their entrance, they did this this comic book entrance, very like Sin City like and. This this seemed to be, like, what would have been, like, the the AR-style entrance, where we went to, like, this black-and-white, different... Uh, was it AR? I don't know like, if it I was. I thought it was just
0: a video. Well,
1: i, I, I wasn't Not the video, much. but then when they walked out, like, for the entrance, like, it seemed like it was a totally different image for the... Like, this seemed like your your augmented reality entrance. Oh, okay.
0: I I was yeah. catching up on the show, so I wasn't watching it as closely, but...
1: Cool. Well, anyway, it was, it was fine. And, uh, Bailey EO and Dakota just got a uh, kind of your, your basic entrance here. So it starts off with Becky and she's going for the manhandle slam on the, on Dakota Kai almost immediately, but then gets nailed with the scorpion kick and they have the heat on Becky for a long time until Lita gets the tag. And they mention this is her first WrestleMania match since 2002. That that's got to be a record of twenty one years in between WrestleMania matches. Yeah, we we were there
0: uh, that that one in Toronto, right, against Trish and Jazz.
1: And Jazz, yeah. So that's that's a long gap. She She, hasn't had she hasn't had too many WrestleMania matches. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, Lita had like her spots. You can I think you can certainly see like the limitations that that Lita has here. She Mm -hmm. is using the corner to climb upside down and head scissors EO. And then she's using like the one percenter move that she calls the vertigo onto Dakota or onto EO Sky and then gets knocked off the buckle. And then finally the tag is made to Trish and Trish comes in and she applies a headlock onto Sky and then leaps up for a head scissors onto Bailey. They fight on the floor and then they hoist up Trish for the head scissors, sending Dakota Kai off the turnbuckle to the other two on the floor. Uh, We had a a poetry in motion, which unfortunately left Lita with like half a centimeter to to jump pretty much into the corner. There wasn't a whole lot of room here. Um, Becky's in, disarmor on Takai, but then Bailey breaks it up. And Becky stops the rose plant and Bailey avoids the manhandle slam. Uh, The rose plant is hit, but the save is made. Trish is in, stratisfaction on Takai and a Bailey to belly on Trish. That leads to a roll up. There's a tackle to the floor and then sky hits the moonsault onto the other five women. Everyone are, is down and they break the count and we get a succession of big spots with a twist of fate to sky chick kick on Kai and then Lita with a moonsault to both the women and Bailey goes for the Bailey to belly off the second turnbuckle, but Becky blocks it hitting the manhandle slam off the turnbuckle and pins Bailey in 14 minutes and 39 seconds. and, this, if you were looking for an angle or even a hint of anything, there was none of it. It was the baby faces prevailing. And I thought of, um, you know, the, the two big returns here. I thought Trish looked great. I mm-hmm. mean, she really impressed me with uh, what she was able to do. Like, she looked really good. For someone that so has good. not had a match in how long? Uh, 2019 was the last match with Charlotte. Oh, was it? was it that long? Wow. I don't think she's done one in between then. Yeah, I I thought she
0: looked great. Absolutely. You know, everything that she, like she looked like with her spots, at least, you know, they they all looked as good as they used to. Um and I thought they built up to her, you know, hot tag pretty well. Um, I felt like the match turned out better than I expected. You know, I, I, and I, 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 I was pretty disappointed with the build to this one and just even maybe more so the role for Becky Lynch on a WrestleMania. This felt like it was not the best use of, of Becky. But um, the match itself, I thought especially by the end turned out pretty well. Like the last five minutes where everybody got their signature spots in quickly paced one after the other, I thought was pretty exciting. Um, Lita. Yes. You know, unfortunately was probably the weakest wrestler on this entire show um, of the official matches at least. Uh, Yeah. Even of the, the Pat McAfee match. Yeah, she, she is, but she's never been known as a great wrestler. And I think the only thing that, really truly mattered for her was to nail that moonsault and that she did I thought the moonsault looked really good even like that got the shirt ripping off afterwards as well so um there were there was there there were a lot of caveats like this to me might have been my least favorite match on the show if I had to pick one um but the match ultimately I thought even turned out well by the end
1: yeah I'm just curious what this leads to because there there was no like I have no idea where where you go from here with the baby face side like, I'm, this really kind of shut the door on damage control. Like they lost clean. There was like no hint of anything. Like you have the tag titles on Becky and Lita. And I mean, to me, you would have to shoot some significant angle to move this forward. But I mean, mm-hmm. there was just like this. This was as by the book as you could imagine with the booking of it
0: i imagine the the angle on the story might come to um sunday monday Monday. uh, i would think yeah i mean the turn coming out of this might have been a bit out of nowhere you haven't really established established the relationship between trish and becky all that well so maybe this is the first thing that'll kind of like show their bond and then maybe on monday you'll start to truly tell the story but we'll see or maybe she won't she won't turn who knows and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank
2: you.
1: It's time to talk about the Mysterio Dominic. We had the video package, which was great. It had these child photos of Dominic and him being on SmackDown on his eighth birthday. And then the home attack and Dominic going to jail. And before we go to the entrance, Bad Bunny is introduced and he got a gigantic reaction. And he's on commentary with the uh, Spanish broadcast team. And we go to... Inside prison where there are shots of the hardened Dominic behind bars being cuffed and taken out of taken out of jail. And he's escorted into a police vehicle and taken to the stadium and brought in in like the paddy wagon here into the stadium. This was so awesome. The officers get out, including Bloodsport play by play or blood sport color analyst Dan Barry who was one of the cops here going from blood sport to uh blood in blood out here with uh, Dominic
0: my goodness wow good good pickup i love this
1: entrance this first entrance of all was, uh, this was my favorite entrance on the on the show this was one of the best mania entrances i thought it was so great the video was incredible too. I, I mean I'm especially if I'm kind of
0: running watching on a delay, I, I tend to skip a lot of these video packages on these pay-per-views. I made an exception for this one because of the incredible amount of footage that they have of Dominic and, and Aaliyah from when they were children, just to be able to contrast sweet little innocent Dominic Mysterio watching his dad wrestle ringside to the man that we see today. And then that that video of him in the in the prison as he's coming oh. out with the just perfect
1: they put they, his com- hands through the bars to let him oh, through oh, they completely
0: dude. understand the appeal the almost like i don't know at one time ironic appeal now i think it's a, it's a, it's very much a respect that like the audience has for this dominic mysterio character it's just
1: great this guy is just he's he's my favorite character he's just yeah. tremendous and he came out with the mask on as well um mm-hmm. and then t- took it off angie and aliyah are seated in the front row and ray comes out in a low rider with Snoop Dogg to Eddie's theme and before it transitions to his to his own. So this was yeah. a really cool entrance. I just wish we could have had Conan with Snoop Dogg in the Lowrider. Okay. That would have so been, been pretty cool. That would have been great. And the smoke just cool. comes out of the, the yeah. Lowrider. I
0: like it it's really hard to explain to somebody who doesn't understand, but like I fucking got emotional watching this, you know, and it was just like the idea that like Snoop Dogg, a man who I don't know if you can find more figures that are more well known for a lowrider in pop culture than Snoop Dogg. But to see Snoop Dogg driving a lowrider to Eddie Guerrero's theme, like to be able to use such a mainstream presence to attach it to the memory of Eddie Guerrero on a big stage was like emotional for me. You know, I I thought it was just like such a such a crazy way to pay tribute. And I'm sure Eddie would have like gone crazy if you and was you know, and, and was also was
1: the last time like they did the the wrestlemania hollywood mania was 2005 and it was ray and eddie having their, their match on that show as well so a uh, cool entrance here for ray like obviously totally different than the dominic one more kind of a sentimental one and uh brought to you by cinemoji toast crunch with our mascot who shakes hands with ray as he's about to go to battle with his son was and, the uh, was the
0: mascot gonna um reveal himself to be you
1: know no this mascot, Conan? they were they were smart to get this mascot out of the way because people would have naturally been speculating that it's somebody hidden if based on the precedent of KSI so they had this right. mascot there for the time being but honestly like this actually added because for again if if you don't like follow lucha it's like dude they have like their ads all over the place like they are shameless with like mm-hmm. the ads like this this added to like the lucha backdrop here of having like cinemoji toast crunch uh around the ring and bad bunny uh, also shaking hands with ray at the start here and the match begins and of course this audience is, is just so into it and dominic is sent into the corner and ray takes his belt and he starts whipping dominic and you have never seen a crowd that is just so uh, just so adored a man beating his son in front of them and dominic bails to the floor and there's a leah Who's got a red cup and Dominic takes the cup and tosses it into her face, which immediately I was worried. I was like, I hope there's no tequila in there as we learned.
0: That would be pretty bad. No, but I I also imagine um, he went through this with her beforehand.
1: Oh, okay. There was not going to be any <laughs> apology afterwards. So Dominic's in control. He hits a Michinoku driver and then he gets back into Angie's face and Angie slaps him. And then Ray drives him into the or sorry, it's, he gets into Angie's face. Yes. And then Angie slaps him. And you could tell Angie was not going to Stephanie McMahon, her own son, but it was uh, uh enough of a slap that it, it made a sound. And then Ray posted him, gives Angie a kiss. The crowd pops. damian Priest and Finn Balor show up ringside. And so it's it's the numbers game that Ray has to contend with and Dominic rotates Ray to and he flips over and like his face goes into the bottom turnbuckle. This looked like a crazy bump and would not be the craziest bump someone would take on their face on this show. That was still to come. But nonetheless, this looked uh, pretty nuts and Ray then uh comes back and he hit he is taking the three amigos from Dominic, stops Dominic, and hits the 619, as Balor then distracts the referee, and Priest grabs Ray, this allows Dominic to take over, when the newly formed LWO run down, attacking Balor and Priest, including Santos Escobar, hitting his tope suicida onto Damian Priest, Dominic then sets up Ray, hits the 619, and a frog splash, but Ray kicks out Dominic removes a turnbuckle pad and then he goes and Damien Priest has left his blazer, which conveniently has a chain inside of it. So he goes for the chain when Bad Bunny jumps up, takes the chain away. And this leads to a 619 to Dominic and Ray hits the frog splash to win in 14 minutes and 30 seconds. And dude, Ray losing, even if it was to prolong the program, my God, it would have just sucked the energy out of this crowd. And the way they did this. Dominic has his out. Bad Bunny pretty much cost him the 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 victory, mm-hmm. and it sets up what I think everyone is expecting to be either a tag match at Backlash or you get like a six-man if you're going to have Balor, Priest, and Dominic on one side, and you could throw Santos with the babyfaces. But that's going to mm-hmm. be, if you're getting do- uh, Bad Bunny to wrestle in Puerto Rico, that's massive
0: huge absolutely um, not just in Puerto Rico but you know I think all, around the world especially because I, I think the storyline is so hot I'm sure there was some consideration given to um, perhaps you know Dominic being the one to win especially if this is like a first chapter and Ray is out to get his revenge but I thought it was really nice the way they did this because it gave you a great you know feel good moment with the baby face triumph <laughs> the the father beating his son um, <laughs> physically um, but I think they also found a great way of integrating bad buddy into the program by having him cost uh, 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 Dominic Mysterio the the match. And I I just think up until this point, this entire saga has really been perfection. You know, the entrances I thought here were fantastic. The video was fantastic. The family was used so well. Judgment Day and the LWO were both used very well. Bad Bunny was used well. Even the Eddie nostalgia I thought was used excellently. Um, And, you know, the, the storytelling, this evolution of Dominic Mysterio from just this cute little episode one, Anakin Skywalker to the Darth Vader we see today, I, I think has been awesome.
1: Awesome. Can and you this- imagine if, you, if you're like casual fan that just watches mania each year with your friends and you come into the show with the memory of like this, yeah, this, this son of Ray who was dressed up as Art Bar last year, who is just like the squeaky clean son of Ray. And this year, this is your update of what Dominic has been up to over the last year
0: yeah only in wrestling i guess you know would you get something like this um and, and a loss like this will probably send him even further into the dark side you know gives you that reason um
1: as much i, as, I will say though like losing uh, ray winning this match i would not want to be beating the baby faces in puerto rico so i do not think like you you would point. want to be there either like That's i i point. don't think you would want to do that one
0: hmm very interesting yeah um you know as much as I, I think what we saw was pretty outstanding outside of the curtain. I would kill to see the backstage embrace that Ray and Dominic would have had after this. You know, like can we put into perspective how incredible of a moment this must have been for Ray Mysterio? You know, how many people can say that they've had a WrestleMania singles match with their son? I can think of one, and this match did not occur because the people in it own the company um <laughs> speaking of uh, vince and shane of course and this story has been way better than anything shane and vince have ever done but if you're a pro wrestler with with the child in the business i, I can't think of a more proud moment you'd have than to share a stage even, like even
1: more because and, and listen like there is always the i always see more of the difficulty of being the son of like a a famous wrestler does it get you through certain doors of course it's going to help, but in the long run, I think it's so tough. And you could look at like last year, like I'm sure he was extremely proud last year. He got the team with his son, like who gets to do that this year? I would think it would be even more. So it's like, this guy is like, he is great regardless of the last name. Like he has carved out his own identity this year, earned a spot on the card that if this guy was uh, Dominic O'Brien which would be a really generic name for a guy. He would have had a spot on this card. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. yes, the story is about the family, but like this guy has earned his own spot that you could have been critical of in 2020 that like, should this guy be on the main roster? And I, I don't think anyone would have argued that like if he was not Ray's son, he would not have been there in 2020. And mm-hmm. today, look what he has grown into. And I I am sure like this was a career highlight for Ray, if not his biggest career highlight because of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, really great. Michael Cole, dude, Michael Cole is just, he is the unsung hero of this program as well. Yeah. Like he just, he, he fully admits on the broadcast to Corey, I'm sorry, but you know how I get with Ray. And he just screams at the end, all is right with the world. Ray yeah. has, Ray has eliminated racism, which Cody tried. <laughs> Ray has eliminated bipartisanship or uh, or partisan politics. Uh, yeah. Ray has solved it all. And then it, there's a great spot where Dominic, balor and priest are just seething and cole's like those bozos <laughs> it was just a great line that he got in at the end so you know uh, certainly like in terms of story it, it i'm
0: sure cole very much got into it um just maybe even as a fan himself but when you see those clips of dominic when he was eight years old it was michael cole calling those matches you know right. michael cole is probably somebody who has known dominic since he was You know, when he would have met Ray, like in 2002, and to see that man grow up into this moment, I'm sure there was something incredibly emotional, just even from a real world non storyline sense for him calling this match.
1: Yeah, so really great. You know, it was the story that was great. And and the match presentation was tremendous, too. And I say the presentation because it was not just the the bell to bell, but it was like everything surrounding it. They did a great job with this. Then we had an ad for Backlash um, that just (laughs) – this felt like they were trying to sell you on like like going on a trip to Puerto Rico and – the graphic comes up at the end and you've got the Puerto Rico Tourism Company, Discover Puerto Rico, District of Puerto Rico. So, I mean, you can obviously see with the, the reporting this week, like this is obviously they're, they are very much selling Puerto Rico on top of this pay-per-view. Well, mm-hmm.
0: similar to like the Saudi deal, right? Like a side fee, basically.
1: Yeah, like that's, that's what home. they are getting here. They're getting like, what is it? Uh, $1.8 million for this. Mm-hmm. So, um, it it will be a very big show in uh, in San Juan, uh, May the sixth, that that is taking place. Uh, then we got the the reaction in Germany; they they were big Rey Mysterio fans. George Kittle is showing in the crowd. That would play into things later. And Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley is coming up next. So it was ultimately the tag titles that they went with, and I think they they got things right. And mm-hmm. I cannot imagine these two being upset after after this event.
0: It helped them. It helped these two, because one of the unfortunate things is um, if they were to main event, I think it would have built a lot of um, bitterness from the audience. And it would have started these two off who are already handicapped enough, given their lack, um, you know, I I guess questionable build. It would have handicapped them even more to, you know, have the audience feel like they took the main event slot away from uh, Owens and Zayn and the Usos. So I I completely think it helped them.
1: Yeah, it's. To me, it would be like, I would just want to go out there and have the match that everyone is talking about. And yeah, that, that was always like the thing that really like struck CM Punk was the 10 years ago at the, the WrestleMania with The Undertaker. And that you know, like they did not get the main event slot, but by everyone's recognition, it was it was the match of the show that everyone was raving about. It's like, dude, I'll take that over closing the show. But mm-hmm. there is obviously something inherent in closing the show that is a validation for a lot of these performers. But I, w- I would much rather take the the match that. Uh, but unfortunately, th- this was a show that, that was pretty loaded. I don't know if this was everyone's match of the show, but it could be. It certainly could have been.
0: And I, I don't know if I was expecting that type of conversation. You know, um, I was expecting maybe the conversation of asking whether or not this should have been evented. But I was not expecting this match to have Owens and Zane and the Usos um, to ask Owens and Zane and the Usos if they could follow this match. I, I was not expecting this match to be this
1: good. I was not expecting this match to be this good, even like 10 minutes into it. I, I, I don't know if I was in the minority, but like the first 10 minutes of this, I just felt like there was a lot of, it just seemed like they were off with one another. The timing just didn't seem to be jiving. I think the audience was somewhat... Like, they wanted to be behind Ripley, but Flair was not fully the heel or the baby face. And there was just a lot of clunkiness. And then it was once, like, the midway point of this match, um, it was, like, a series of, like, the suplexes and obviously the crazy one with Flair. And then, boom, like, they just, this audience went to another level and the work, like, they were just on fire with one another. And it was, like, the last 12 minutes of this, this turned into, like, a classic WrestleMania mm-hmm. match, but I, I will say, like the the beginning half of this, like I was thinking, like this is this is not going well um, for for me at least. But uh, a gigantic turn, like by the the midway point here, and I I think some of it was um the like like the timing stuff, but I think also the audience really not knowing kind of where where things are lined up here. Like you had Ripley kind of playing the baby face at points, even though. You know, she is. And then at other points playing the heel, too. But they got into just the the spirit of the match by the end. And it's just these two that who can withstand the other by the end. And it became this big battle.
0: So this was, this was certainly my biggest question heading into this match was whether or not they would change um heel baby face directions. I mean, given the, the type of um promos that these two have been cutting before this match, I, I thought they were probably going to go straight with like a Rhea Ripley you know, babyface type, type of thing with the Charlotte heel type of thing, especially when Miz made that uh, announcement of the match at the beginning of the show and this card, booed Charlotte. I thought they would lean into it even more. They had a pretty straight up Charlotte baby face match. And I don't think Rhea was like overtly healed. Like she didn't cheat to, to my recollection or anything. Um, but they certainly didn't make Charlotte a baby face either, or sorry, a heel either. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a successful match. I mean, this this crowd was with Charlotte. I don't know if they necessarily wanted to see her win, but they certainly did boo her. And I think so, so much of that is because when you just see her wrestle, she is very impressive, especially on a big stage. And, and it's very hard to boo somebody who's this good.
1: I think there's also something to be said about where the current WWE audience makeup is that I think we have to acknowledge that we are removed from maybe where we were five, ten years ago, like it, go go back to that Roman reigns Brock Lesnar match in New Orleans that we were at, and i 'm not going to say like that kind of a scene couldn 't happen today under the right circumstances, but I see it being a lot tougher like this is a crowd that I think they just they are not going to be so in their minds disrespectful to performers like had charlotte and Rhea closed the show it might not have been the most engaged crowd but were they going to actively turn on the match i don't think they would have i don't think they would have i think you have a crowd now that is much more they are rooting for these people rather than they're going to be dismissive or protest against them and i think that that's an evolution of the this WWE audience when you're talking, especially about a larger event like this,
0: I think you also have a much less an, an antagonistic relationship between the company and the audience these days. You That's know, certainly this, true. This is a company that seems to listen to the audience in the way they book, and I, I think we we simply look at you know the ascent of a Sami Zayn over the past year, maybe as some evidence of that. Um, it, whereas, like you know, the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns matches, I feel like a lot of that was like the crowd rebelling and telling the producers of the show oh hey we don't like this direction we don't like always seeing this Roman Reigns character at the top of our cards
1: you might get that a whole lot less these days they also noted at the beginning that this is the first time in Wrestlemania history that all the people involved in this match with um obviously the two principals but Jessica Carr the referee and Samantha Irvin the ring announcer all females uh, so no- noting that that statistic so Again, the beginning here, like I think they they really had a time kind of like finding things. Um, there was a really cool spot where Rhea fairly early on goes for a riptide and it's countered into a DDT that I thought was like the first impressive moment of the match. Uh, but they get things going. Flair goes for a moonsault and it's stopped when Ripley suplexes her overhead. And All these suplexes Charlotte took, she would rotate over to, in theory, like land on her chest. Although, for one, um, it would be kind of a a tide change in the match. Flair uh, goes for a spear, misses, and her shoulder runs into the steps. So Ripley uh, capitalizes on this, goes for the riptide, but it's stopped as Flair hits a released German. And this is when Ripley goes for another suplex and turns Flair over, and she comes down on her face And, like, her neck is, like, contorted. And she comes up and she's, like, she's cut on the bridge of her nose. And they replayed this several times. And, dude, this, like, it was so little that Charlotte had room to change. And this was just a nasty-looking suplex. But it really did, this had the feel of, like, one of those, like, Budokan Hall matches. Where it's, like, the crazy spot that, from that moment on, it's, like, the intensity level is increased because of, like, this... Crazy moment, and mm-hmm. the audience uh, all followed with this suplex onward. And for the remainder of this match, the near falls were intense, and this audience was treating this like this was this was the main event to them.
0: It it, it was something special, like just to see the type of um activity, I, I suppose um in in the match itself. Um, Charlotte has uh I guess really good vertical leap, and she I don't recall seeing her take take those these Germans like that before this one looked incredibly risky. And I wonder if it it came almost a little too close, but you know, obviously it was safe enough by the end. Um, but it it sucked this crowd in for sure.
1: So we, escalated significantly here flair delivered her moonsault to the floor and then flair almost runs into the ref with a spear but it sets up the riptide after she stops to uh, avoid hitting jessica carr the riptide is hit and charlotte kicks out and the place goes nuts and rhea ripley this is the time you go full ruby riot and she she hit (laughs) a 15 on the on the ruby scale she applies the prism lock. Flair fights to the rope. And, man, she just struggled and struggled. And she's posting on her arms where they're trying to explain that it it subdues some of the, uh, the submission. And sends Rhea into the corner, spears her for a two count. And Flair is, like, tearing up. She doesn't know if she has enough to beat Rhea Ripley. And she starts yelling. You want my place? You want this? And they get into this huge striking exchange, and the crowd is rabid for these strikes. Boot by Flair, she tries for the figure eight, but Ripley is against the rope, and Flair is driven face first into the post from the turnbuckle and goes limp as she's like... Hung over the top turnbuckle. Ripley climbs, and we get a riptide off of the second turnbuckle, and she stacks Charlotte for the pin in 23 minutes and 34 seconds as Charlotte just rolls to the floor, Ripley celebrates. And we had the great contrast of Ripley who is on top of the world celebrating. And then you have Charlotte dejected on the floor, but then you see her like smiling almost as though she is proud of Rhea Ripley and uh, getting this win three years later. Um, this turned into a phenomenal, phenomenal match. And mm-hmm. uh, it, th- this might be some people's match of the show. I think I'd yeah. be very curious what the breakdown is, but this one um, to be it, I, I was expecting a good match, like a really good match, this heavily over delivered.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, th- this match, I think rightfully was in the same semi main event position and not in the main event position. But by the end of it, they had people arguing that it should have been in the main event. And I think that's an incredible accomplishment. You know, when you're comparing this, this story leading up to this match to the story of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the Usos, what a, what a feat to have people having that conversation. Um, and it, to me, like the entire value of this was achieved in ring in these, what, 15 minutes, John, like how long was 23, 23. And, you know, like it, it felt, it felt considerably less because I thought it was very captivating, um, just, I think it's because Charlotte is a great big stage performer, and you had somebody in Rhea Ripley that is also incredibly capable and has been on fire um, as a character. And this crowd really wanted to see the title change. And Charlotte played a wonderful gatekeeper in story, you know, as somebody who's refusing to let go, and Rhea Ripley fighting her heart out to to get that spot um i was really surprised at how much this crowd was with the both of them you had dueling chance, great reversals no bells and whistles i thought this was just a really good pro wrestling match
1: listen this is a situation where it's like listen it's to me this to me would be like your scenario that you've you've wanted to cultivate where it's these two matches they're like you have had You have main event players that are all vying for that position. And this is not about, like, gender. This is about two quality matches and each side wanting to go out there and unseat the other to be your your match of the night. And tonight we got two matches here where they were going out to justify why they should be the main event or why they were given the main event slot. And you got, I thought, two Unbelievable matches. Um, th- these were the top two matches, I think, by pretty much everyone's standard. And that's saying something on this show when we're talking about a Rollins, Logan Paul, a Ray Dominic. But I did think these two matches, I will say two of the f- three final matches, uh, because there's one in between <laughs> that I don't think was in everyone's uh, purview.
0: Well, before we head to the real seven main event, I want to uh, thank all 700 of you that are watching us right now live at youtube.com slash post wrestling. Do us a huge favor. And subscribe to the channel so that you know when to come back tomorrow. If you're enjoying these types of podcasts, we go live uh, every Monday night, every Wednesday night. And if you're a Post Wrestling Cafe patron or video.com slash video.postwrestling.com patron as well. We go live on Fridays as well as numerous times throughout the week for all of you guys. Um, So we'd love it if you can help out the channel. We're still trying to grow it. We're relatively small by, you know, uh, pro pro wrestling YouTube standards. So
1: help us get up there. Subscribe. Yeah, we're trying to get up there to the heavyweights like cold as balls. What's that? That's uh Kevin Hart's uh podcast that they were promoting Logan Paul was on this week.
0: Okay. Cold um, as balls. I'm glad yes. I asked asked for that context because um yes. I guess I could have just left it.
1: We will also mention, uh, for post wrestling cafe members as well. And we, we, we appreciate all the people that have jumped on new subscribers this week. Uh, we will be putting out a show this week where we are going to go back and we are going to discuss heavily the infamous CM Punk appearance on the art of wrestling in November of 2014. We're going to re-listen to the first, there were actually back-to-back weeks, the first week, which is the, uh, sizable one. And, uh, look at it nine years later, almost nine years later. So that will be coming up uh, post wrestling $6 gets you in the door. Tons of bonus shows. We had a lot of great interviews up on the site this week with uh, Brandon Thurston, Dave Meltzer, speedball, Mike Bailey that are there in their entirety from this past week. And it helps support the site as well. So you can check that out Postwrestlingcafe.com. So, At this point, um, we got the reaction in Sydney, Australia, which was great and huge pyro celebration for Ripley. And many people noting like this was a big, you know, showcase for their Australian talent. When you include Indy Hartwell as well from the takeovers or the stand and deliver show earlier. Mm -hmm. And Byron Saxton interviewed Austin Theory. He said he made John Cena believe and asks if you believe in theory now. I guess to be determined. We'll see on Raw if they believe in Austin Theory. WrestleMania 40 ad aired for uh, Philadelphia, and that is going to be taking place, which they just did April 2024. But I believe they've already announced the dates for that, that it will be the the two nights. But this ad only said April of next year. We got to see the logo, which is very uh, Eagles inspired. They're totally building this around the city, the the Mm -hmm. toughness of Philadelphia, historic landmarks in the city. So that will be. Yeah. And mirroring it. Yeah. With the Eagles colors. Miz and Snoop Dogg are in the ring to announce the attendance. They they pulled out their phone to go to WrestleTix and uh 80,497 is is the number that they got to. So um yeah, just uh everyone with a heartbeat and and then some uh to to get to that figure. But it, it it is interesting of like how they get to this number because it's it's enough that you can see they don't just like pull it out of nowhere. Like there is some ability to justify this, even if it's like the guy that's uh, coming off to, to drop off, um, you know, the the Logan Paul zipline and he's got a family of five back home and they're technically with him in spirit when he drops the zipline off like they're they're all counted, but like mm-hmm. they, they try to make some semblance of it. But the real number will come out in the second quarter earnings um, later this year and you will get the. The the actual number, which will not be 80,497, but I'm sure that this one will be uh, uh, glossed on all kind of different media outlets that will just run with this.
0: I'm guessing they they like the number eight um, in front, you know, wanting to just slightly eclipse the 80,000 mark. And um, I guess it's a nice big sounding number, but not too far in your opinion.
1: I mean, it's like we're talking about like 15,000 people that they have tacked on to the number, which last I checked, I don't think the roster and the production w- would equal 15,000 people that were working at this
0: Maybe show. Maybe some so. people have multiple heartbeats. You ever think of that? Okay.
1: Um, no, I, I don't think that. I think you'd you'd really be in
0: trouble. If there you. are like some cows there, you know, with multiple hearts. Um, or is that multiple stomachs? <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well, um, you can keep repeating that number until the cows come home, but I'm not going to believe it. So Snoop then asks the Miz about having a match. And Miz says he put out an open challenge and no one answered it. Everyone knows he's the toughest man here. And he gets interrupted by Pat McAfee, who comes out and he is called Aaron Rogers, personal propaganda machine by Corey Graves. And Pat McAfee gets into the ring and says, Miz, I know you didn't think I was going to be here because Nick Khan said I was not involved in WrestleMania when he appeared on uh, John Orand and Andrew Marchand's podcast this past week.
0: Wow, what a worker that Nick Khan. Straight up what, lie. what What
1: do you think about that? Okay, because for those that are gonna say, oh, maybe this was just a last-minute deal, in the past week, Nick Khan said Pat McAfee has no there are no plans for Pat McAfee to be involved this weekend, and also said in his media appearances that our creative staff, they are months and months ahead. They have all of this stuff mapped out. Right. So I you, you are not telling me Pat McAfee is just doing a match on a whim. And should Nick Khan be someone out there that is like, I, I don't know if he's the guy you want to be out there that is saying one thing and it's like a swerve. Like right. you can have like a hunter doing those kinds of interviews or Bruce Pritchard who did an interview this week. Like those guys, I don't think, and, and maybe honestly, maybe we are overanalyzing this of what the outside world really cares, but Nick Khan yeah. is kind of your, your figure that is out there that is talking about a lot of important business stuff at at the moment and mm-hmm. i just don't know if you want him in that role that's stating something that is obviously not true
0: well to your maybe you know question i don't think the outside world cares one bit you know about about nikon uh lying about you know the script or, or whatever they have planned um i I think if he were to lie about maybe numbers and and things like that 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 might cause a bit more concern, but you know we've seen this in like the Marvel world where like you know Andrew Garfield straight up lied about his involvement with in spider man um for months, and I think by the end we nobody got too upset because we all kind of like you know ours uh, the spoilers from being protected and even if it's a Nikon you know directly answering question about Pat McAfee and saying no i I personally don't care that much.
1: Well, the Miz and Pat McAfee, um, McAfee issues the challenge, and he says that who in this 80,497 can make this match official? And dude, I seriously thought this was going to be the Vince McMahon return. Yeah, really? Wow. Yeah. That's immediately what I thought. But instead, Mm -hmm. it was Snoop Dogg who has matchmaking capabilities that makes it official, and we get the Miz against Pat McAfee. McAfee goes for a superplex and backflips off the top. And Miz leaps into what Corey Graves called a less than super kick. And Graves is just burying Pat and cheering on the Miz, telling him he has marbles. You don't have tiny balls. And then Miz is annoyed. He's going to leave. And he shoves George Kittle, who hops the barricade, and clotheslines the Miz. McAfee then hits a swanton off the corner to the floor. He steps on the corner post. This guy was watching his, uh, his Vikingo matches this week and uh, standing on the post and then delivers a punt kick to the Miz to win in three minutes and 36 seconds. As Graves says, quote, this sucks. And Cole notes that Pat McAfee is undefeated at WrestleMania, which means that they have erased Vince McMahon from history. Oh, was that an official match? Did Vince yes. beat him? Yes.
0: Oh, huh. Okay, how about that?
1: Wow, he beat he beat Austin Theory, but then lost to Vince McMahon.
0: Well, how about that? So he's two and one, isn't he? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. Hmm.
1: Will this will this repeat as worst match of the year with uh, after Pat McAfee's win last year? Was this was this not at that level?
0: No, I don't think so. Um, I I could barely even call this a match. I guess I could barely call Vince and Pat McAfee a match too. But um, this. To me, added nothing like really to the show. You know, it, it was not an attraction in, in the least because, I mean, I'm not really a football fan nor a Pat McAfee podcast fan. Uh, but for me, I also feel like um after you've already seen Logan Paul be a celebrity and come in and have the match that he had, the effect of Pat McAfee even doing like a moonsault or whatever he did like that,
1: you know, s- sent on kind of loses its effect by this point. I think it's sort of um it's just more is more. I think they wanted to get so many just mm-hmm. outside influencers celebrities on this show that are just going to permeate coverage of this event and just make it feel like stack them on you can argue was this effect of having pat mcafee on unannounced when you do have other stuff on this like to me this added very little but this this was not for your wrestling audience it was three and a half minutes Um, for espn yeah i will state this i i guess i will this may have been worse than uh than seen in austin theory so i might not be able to give that distinction uh to, to the opener um and then we have a draft king spot with corbin and the miz all i'm gonna say is that the miz is like the ultimate company guy and they should mm-hmm. be like this man must have zero ego about him like when you hear about you know wrestlers that are just do not want to go like there was nothing for him to gain in the Pat McAfee segment other than to make Pat McAfee look like a look great and Miz to look like the goof. The man knows his role. And this is somebody that it's like, he's not just, you know, he should be happy to be here. Like this is a guy that has been your champion. He has been he has been in the closing match at WrestleMania. But mm-hmm. I mean, he is just seems to be like whatever is thrown at him, he's just gonna carry out to the best of his ability. And yeah. he can go from getting embarrassed against Pat McAfee to this. <laughs> Brutal ad that he has to do with Baron Corbin about DraftKings and prop bets for the WrestleMania main event tomorrow night. I mean, the man will just do whatever you need him to do. He,
0: he does everything with a smile, and I, I, I mean, you have to respect that ability. I think a lot of us in, in the internet wrestling community are maybe justifiably harder on him because of his in-ring style, especially when he was out there carrying world championships and you know leading the company. This is a great role for him, and this is a role that I think you really have to respect him for. Not everybody can go out there and you know be able to do comedy with Snoop Dogg, while at the same time, um, I don't know, do this like Broadway thing that he did for the ads, and then, uh, take have a have a quick match with with Pat McAfee as well, and, and just basically make make a Pat McAfee look good. Um, I thought he was pretty invaluable to the company for this show.
1: Well, now it's time for the main event. The Usos against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the Undisputed Tag Titles brought to you by TurboTax. Well, it is, it, it is a
0: season, I guess.
1: This was, this was the dream of uh, Owens and Zayn to, to headline in the Tax main event of WrestleMania. Lil Uzi Vert came out to perform as the Usos uh, came out and they all posed together at, at the front. And then Owens and Zayn walk out and their gear... Features like patches with like a PWG and Super Dragon inspired logos on their gear, which were, you know, what Owens had mentioned earlier this week about their their tribute to uh, PWG. And Michael Cole puts over the fact that for these guys, there's no pyro, no zip lines, no musical act. They are the blue collar superstars, (laughs) the blue collar superstars. Yeah, I guess so. I guess is that part of the appeal
0: of them? I mean, they certainly don't look like um like a Roman Reigns or or John Cena. They look like us <laughs> or, you know,
1: felt like a very Vince McMahon branding of uh, wh- who are these guys? Who are Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? They're blue collar superstars. Yeah. They get the heat on Zane at the beginning and they're just beating on him, beating on him until he makes the tag to Owens, who just comes in and runs wild. He hits frog splashes onto both Usos, super kicks Jimmy, hits a cannonball, and then Zane stops Jay on the edge of the apron with a brain buster, followed by a swanton as Owens gets the first near fall on Jimmy. Zane then hits his own Uso splash onto Jimmy, but he kicks out and Michael Cole says that El Generico would be proud. <laughs> Well, this it never is, gets old, the Michael Cole game.
0: Yeah, this is modern-day Michael Cole. He, you know, I'm sure he's watched every edition of whatever. he's 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 got quite the high spots DVD collection, I'm sure. Did he
1: watch the Yoshihiko match this week? Or <laughs> one of them?
0: Maybe he was secretly there at the Ukrainian Cultural Center.
1: Might have been. The Usos then come back and they drill Zane with super kicks together. Owens makes the save. He gets blasted with a super kick. Then another double set of super kicks to Zane, but he kicks out. They continue, and Zane is pretty much like about to lose consciousness. Like he is just beaten down. He's selling tremendously well. And Owens tries to attack. They get onto the desk, but the Usos prevail and they choke slam Owens through the desk. Then they go back into the ring. They hit the 1D on Sami Zayn. And I think as much as everyone assumed that Owens and Zayn was winning this, they have protected this 1D. And this is the time that you do a near fall for the 1D. And when Zayn Mm -hmm. kicked out, this whole place exploded. I mean, that's why you, you protect the finisher. And this is the time when you you cash out you get that big reaction and that's what they got here i thought it was a great spot jay is screaming at sammy i called you a brother and he's blasting him with forearms and then jay goes for the haluva kick and he catches zane and his lifeless body in his arms telling him you never should have left the bloodline and zane gets enough energy to deliver a a Hail Mary exploder sending Jay into the corner. Owens fights back after the choke slam through the desk onto the apron and the tag is made. He hits pop-up power bombs to Jimmy and Jay and Kevin is screaming, Now! Now! And Sammy nails Jimmy with the haluva kick. Owens hits the stunner. Jay kicks out and this place is going nuts. The four men battle to their feet and they have this big face off and they go at it the place continues to go wild multiple super kicks to owens then they hit zane with a pair and then a stereo uso splash owens kicks out and dude michael cole is having a hell of a show like he is just yeah. he added a lot and this match was no exception he was just in rare form here the camera like, they are getting right in on the action, and unfortunately, they go right into the corner as Owens is whispering the next spot to Jay about the yeah. double superkick. So,
0: and- so a lot of this, you know, bloodline Roman Reigns style has been built on in-ring communication, and that's when they sometimes lift the microphone to let the wrestler speak. And it was used a little bit here with Jay. Sometimes,
1: unfortunately... It, it, <laughs> It picks it's up, up the wrong, like the it's wrong tough, thing. right? I mean, like this is that all Cena match, no, like dude. Wrestling? Cena, Cino, oh. it was very noticeable, and that's uh, and he's not part of the bloodline, angle. No. so no, he's not. Yeah, those were the noticeable ones for me. Were Cena and then th- this spot, so. Um, they hit Owens with a double super kick, and then Zayn grabs Jimmy and throws him over the desk. Owens manages a fisherman buster to Jay off the turnbuckle, and Zayn wants the tag. He comes in. Jay staggers up into the corner. Jay- Zayn just stares a hole through Jay from across the ring and blasts him with the halluva kick, which I believe Cole yelled, makes you feel Uso good or must feel Uso good. So a little bit of moro still uh, in, in Michael Cole, and he holds Jay, hits a second haluva kick. Then there's a stunner to Jimmy. Zayn is not done. He hits a third haluva kick to Jay and pins Jay in 24 minutes and 17 seconds. It was the guy that needed to get the pin on the guy that he needed to pin, and mm-hmm. it ends the historic reign of the Usos as Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win gigantic pop and. Listen, as, as much as the women killed it in their match, I think they made the right call. This was like oh, yeah. the story culmination. Uh it was the big title change. It was the USO's finally losing. It just bleeds into tomorrow night with Cody. Um this yeah. this was just a great, great match. Um to me it was the match of the show. It was and th- there were some candidates on this show.
0: Yeah, there really were. Um, and you could go with a number of options. Um and I would disagree with, with several of them. Um, I thought this match was more than a worthy WrestleMania main event. Um, And I thought the biggest moment for me was right after the match and seeing this face on Kevin Owens where he just, whether in character or I'm sure, you know, um, probably a lot of real life is slipping in here. Like it felt like he almost had like a realization that of what they just accomplished. He and his friend. A guy that you and I saw at St. John's Hall in Mississauga um, now has main evented two WrestleManias. But this one I think is even more special because this was not reliant on a Stone Cold Steve Austin. This was not reliant on a nostalgia act. This was built and earned every bit by the performers involved in this match. Um, a tag team match main eventing of WrestleMania. I don't believe it's happened since the first one, and just the kind, you know, it just tells you like the amount, the incredible odds that these guys might have just, you know, had to overcome with their great story. So credit to to him, credit to Sami Zayn, credit to the Usos for getting this moment and getting the spot. Um, I thought they more than lived up to it. You know, uh, put puts the wonderful exclamation mark on a beautifully told story.
1: Yeah, this this was a great show. It was a really great show. Um, yeah, th- i i it thought really was. For, for night 1 like it really does set the uh the bar high for night 2 but it was um yeah i i, th- I just thought it was a, a really really strong show um with the exception of maybe two matches on the on the show for me maybe i i
0: I'm very curious to you know continue this this debate with the audience. You know what did you guys think of, of what was your match of the night first and foremost, and uh, what did you think about the John Cena uh, Austin Theory match, which you know John and I are very divided on. Uh, I also watch WrestleMania not just necessarily for the wrestling, but to kind of see a lot of the production differences. What did you guys think of that? You know um, the the at product integration, the way the show might have flowed, the way the set looked. Um, these are all interesting talking points as we head into tomorrow.
1: All right, let's uh move on over to uh we'll go to calls, super chats, feedback, whatever you would like to uh chime in through. Let's first of all
0: go to some of your super chats. We got a Krish who sends 110. I wish I knew what this uh symbol was, but um thank you for the 110 um Fig- figure it, it, it sounds lovely with all these baby face wins. feel Zayn and Owens might be the emotional high of the show. I'm worried that Cody's getting shafted. So he thinks that because of all worried these baby about face- Cody. Well, you see, he's thinking because of all these. Oh, baby sorry. Face sorry. Wins,
1: I, okay, I understand what you mean. Well, that, that Cody,
0: Cody is Cody less likely to win.
1: I wouldn't, I, I don't feel that. I, I don't. Um, I, I. I also, you know, if you if you want to make the argument about you know delaying like cody ultimately has to win he has to win for this story and i just think the timing is it's tomorrow um i think to delay it anymore would be a mistake but no i i wouldn't read tonight's like tonight's the, the whole mania season was built around this bloodline and finally being uh crumbling down so i feel this only leads into uh sunday's uh Fallout with Roman and Cody, and
0: WrestleMania should be about babyface victories. You know the, these are supposed to be culminations of stories, and these are your moments where you can make your big stars um, by having them overcome. You know a a villain. Um, so I think it. You know the the Cody store will probably end up very much the same. Um, so I would worry personally. Let's go to a guy named JJ who just simply sends a ten dollar super sticker just to support us. So thank you so much, JJ, for that super sticker. We go to DJ, De- yeah, DJ Depression sends five dollars and says that was the best women's match I've ever seen. If it weren't for the emotion of the main event, it would have easily been my match of the night. It was very close. There you go. So at least one vote for match of the night for the women. There, uh, we have a few calls. You want to go to some calls?
1: Yeah, I just want to mention this that uh, that Andrew had up on the site from Paul Levesque's uh, press conference notes after. Uh, he was asked about the decision to have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in the main event. He said he felt it was the most emotional and storyline-driven match on the card for night one. Levesque added that most felt it should have been the main event. He spoke about the outside noise having to do with putting women in those positions just for the sake of doing it and said that's never been a thing for him. He views talent as talent, and that's it. When it comes to celebrities being on shows and taking spots, Levesque said that talents are going to have to step up as far as bad bunny and backlash in puerto rico Leveque reiterated that the grammy award winning artist is hosting the premium live event he added that if bad bunny wants to wrestle he'll reach out about it and they'll make it happen
0: okay yeah i, I mean it's i guess just because he got involved doesn't necessarily mean he'll he'll be wrestling
1: i i also would not put um a, a ton of stock into that answer as well. Like it's yeah. it, the guy's not going to tip his hand too. I wouldn't refute
0: it shoot. because he's saying it at a pro wrestling press conference, but I, I wouldn't completely believe it either. All right. Uh, one more super chat here. We, it goes to uh, her, her niece de la Cruz. Thank you for sending the $5. And thank you for being a member of the channel. He says, does the hair versus mass slash career for Don versus Ray go until WrestleMania 40 or should it end at SummerSlam? This is the the assumption that we're, go, you know, he would put his mask up for hair. I mean, that's sort of a natural way you would maybe end the feud. But yeah, what do you think? I don't like because where do you this also is dependent on whether Rey Mysterio intends on retiring, because I don't think he, he would until he he was retired.
1: Well, he made it very he made it very clear with going into the Hall of Fame. Like, he is not ready to retire yet. So, I mean, and <laughs> he's still going at, what, 45 ish. So, um to me, it's like once he's ready to unmask, that would to me kind of signal when he's looking to pretty much step away, unless it's just you know the like the angle is just too big to uh, pass up at, at this point. But um, yeah, I it, guess you it, could it, you could
0: still do the mask start still do the mask hair. and have him win.
1: Yeah, that's well, it. you
0: can put the mask on the line and, and
1: have Ray win. That's it. That's, all. that's it. Yeah. Um, I would. A year is a long time to uh, to delay that. I, I don't know if you would want to delay it for for an entire year
0: hmm Yeah. I, I think SummerSlam sounds good, but who's to say it even needs to be SummerSlam? You know, with the way that they're, they're trying to build these B B level shows, it as long as it's like Elimination Chamber felt like a as big as SummerSlam to, to me at least. So it could be any show. Thank you, Hernies for that super chat. Let's go to our first phone call. Let's go to Brian. Hey Brian, what's up? Hey, happy
4: WrestleMania Saturday, guys. Uh great review. Uh, I thought it was a very good show tonight. I came away quite satisfied. Uh, I might give the edge to Flair versus Ripley as match of the night, as it just gradually built into something really good. And they're working from perhaps a deficit early on to getting all bajillion fans in the stadium invested in them. But Mm -hmm. I've been anticipating this tag time match for months now. I thought they had a heck of a match, too, with the right finish, which was pretty perfect pitch perfect, I should say, and could not be followed. And uh yeah, elsewhere on this card, uh Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Not to reiterate that's the same talk from earlier, but this was the wildest commercial time of the night. And I, I guess just the cereal's going a different direction this year. Solve your family strife with a bowl of Cinemoji Toast Crunch.
1: And was that uh, what they
5: said?
4: No, that's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> that would have been <laughs> a great tagline for the match though. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but uh, so that bothered you seeing the cinnamon toast crunch.
4: That was that was way too overt. Well, you know, what if it was
0: Intuit stuff. TurboTax?
4: Mm. Well, into a Tur- t- TurboTax didn't have graphics all around the uh, barricades and the aprons. Didn't they for one of put,
0: one of the matches? Uh, I believe well, for the what, cinnamon toast crunch. But one yeah. of the matches had had the TurboTax graphics, didn't they?
4: Uh, well, yeah, the main event had the main event like, was, yeah, it had like just overlay graphics, but not like in the arena or in around the ring. Is what I'm
0: saying. Okay. So, so that was too much for you, just having the graphics around the ring.
4: That yeah, that and the mascot was too much for me. Okay, um, but all, yeah, also uh, earlier today I caught NXT and uh, the matches worth watching to me from that were Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes in the main event gargano and waller and the five way for the north american title i thought all five good guys in that
3: look great uh,
1: i i thought five. the north Amer- the north american championship match th- that to me was the match of the show i thought those five were just that that was incredible it was an incredible match that those five had um i think and, a lot
0: of people might consider that one match of the weekend like it was it would be in the,
1: it, it would be on the short list to me um the, mm-hmm. the best ones i saw this weekend were like the uh the the three way from the Mark Hitchcock show, the King and Commander, um, this this uh, five way, and uh, and I, I would throw like you, you could certainly put those those two matches from uh, for, from Mania in, in there as mm-hmm. well. Those seem to be the, <laughs> the ones to keep coming up.
0: Thank you so much, Brian, for the call. We got to move on here because we have a lot of things to get to, a lot of people to get to. Let's go up next to Muggin. Muggin, what's up?
6: I, I can't put this into words. A Muslim was in the main event of WrestleMania during Ramadan. This hits mm. different.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. Didn't even consider it. Absolutely.
6: Oh, I'm telling... Man, guys, like... I had high expectations for this tag match for months. And they hit it out of the park. Everyone involved hit it out of the park. They deserved their flowers. And it was absolutely the right ending to go for the- for night one. And I'm telling you, man, I bit on every near fall they had. I mean... Sam kicking out of the one D was just it was Ricky Morton level selling. Like I'm telling you, I mean his like Sami Zayn was on was was in his zone, all all match. And I also got to give the Usos credit for for like you know for, you know for you know for being in this main event. And of course, like it was like it took three eight WrestleManias for the for a tag team title match to be in the main event. I gotta say it was worth the fucking wait. Like it was fucking great. Oh my god, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's my it's my pick for match of the night, absolutely. And <laughs> Rhea and Charlotte came damn close to taking that because, man, I've been on every near fall in on that one too, and I was like, every time, every time Charlotte tried to go for the submission, I was like getting flashbacks to twenty twenty, and I I was hoping that history wouldn't repeat itself. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, Rhea beating finally beating her was absolutely the right move. And if you think about this, like, I mean. Rhea is only 26 years old, and she's won every single championship in that company with a Royal Rumble one on top of that.
1: Insane. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't all that long ago that we were talking about, like, the WWE, they really had a gap of, like, th- those performers in your 20s that, you know, that is that is sort of, like, that's your, that's your future, and that's typically, like, when you see a, a turnaround, it's like, it's it's going younger, and it's people that are not in those spots that are achieving something for the first time. And I think that, you know, Rhea Ripley is certainly, when you look at from mania to mania of like, where have they created stars? I mean, Rhea Ripley uh, checks that box of of where they are. And again, this is, I, I think that this uh, hits for a lot of people in the sense that this is not just, well, we have, we have chosen this person and we're just going to go with them. And there's this friction with the audience of if they're going to accept them. I think a lot of these cases tonight of like the, these winners that we're talking about, primarily in those two matches, it's that they've been built up, the audience wanted them, and tonight was your payoff. You got what you had wanted.
6: It, it was, uh, to me, this is more than just a big win at WrestleMania. This is redemption for three years ago. And I'm, I'm very, very happy for Rhea. Also, I also want to talk about the look of the set. I also I love that I love that it was on the West Coast because it was like it was like during the afternoon, and it was and it looked great when it looked great without the with a clear roof, and mm-hmm. and, and the, day, and the day, and during daylight made it looks made it look it great. And as it was, the sun was going down, the lights got brighter. I, I thought it was excellent. And uh, going down the rest of the show, um, Rollins and Paul, you know, no surprise. I mean, it was it was a great match. Like I loved the incorporation of KSI. It was mm-hmm. I thought, I thought it was a neat I it was a neat twist. And it was great to see Seth finally get a win at WrestleMania. Oh, and, uh, Rey Mysterio takes it for best entrance. When he and Snoop came on at lowrider and, uh, the, and the Eddie Guerrero theme kicked in, I was like, I, I was smiling so wide. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was exactly.
6: Thank, you. And, uh, one more Thank thing. you
0: so much, Morgan. Much appreciated.
1: And, uh, Oh, wait, wait, he had one more thing. To oh, say. what was
0: your, what's, what's that Morgan?
6: Uh, just going down, going down the rest of the, going down like the rest of the stuff that happened like yesterday and the day before. Um, Super Card of Honor had you know had a great had a great match in the night with uh, Fakingo and Commander. It was it was by far the match, best match there. And and Stand and Deliver was arguably NXT's best outing post Black and Gold. That five way North America title match was excellent. And of course uh, Bloodsport had some good stuff too with uh, with Ibushi and Speedball. That was that was a fun match. And uh, Moxley and Coughlin as well. So yeah, I mean I was cherry picking from the cherry picking from the buffet in the last the last couple of days. All right, guys. Cool. cool. Thanks, Marcus.
0: It was certainly a buffet. Absolutely, we've got reviews of Bloodsport, uh, the Mark Hitchcock Show, as well as uh, Impact's Multiverse of Madness, and also the Supercard of Honor, all up at postwrestlingcafe.com right now. Let's go up next to Hanzi. Hanzi, welcome.
7: What's going on, man? Can you hear me? Yes, you can. All right, what's it called? No, uh, uh, good shows as always during the week, man. I appreciate them. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say this: um, like I thought, like a lot of matches were. Qual- I thought the matches were quality, but I, I guess, like. The three matches that really stuck out to me because I felt like I was into the build and they felt like big fight feels, which I I think I, I, as I I get older, I think I'm more appreciative of like the storytelling. And like, even though like I, 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 Charlotte and Rhea won me over, even though I wasn't really into the creative. And I wasn't really into the creative for a lot of the, like some of the stuff that you're heading into Mania for, you know, some of the matches. But I felt on this, on this night, what's it called, like the Ray and Dominic match felt like a big deal because I feel like, one element that people are missing that like we didn't see this missing like it felt like a big deal because the first time you saw this match. Oftentimes I think people give up. I know you have to give away matches that day like n- nowadays because like there's too much demand for you know you can't just do like old school stuff all the time. But I just thought that that stood out even more and it made it, Dominic like became over even if he lost like like he went to another level as a heel. I felt like he really up to the game and it really stood out on a big stage. Um, the Seth Rollins and Logan match was really good. Uh, that, uh, Seth Rollins is I I consider him the the new Mr. WrestleMania. You know, the only three guys that I put that, that list on: Seth, Randy Savage, Shawn Michaels, and Seth Rollins are my three Mr. WrestleManias for different eras. And the, the main event, of course, like like that. Like I'm I'm so glad that like. Even though I've, I've been complaining about the tag division being watered down, like with other teams, like over the over the last couple of years, but I think by putting one of the most important tag teams and particular tag teams in the main event with Sammy and Kevin, like I was advocating for Kevin and Sammy to win the tag titles in 2017, but like I'm glad they waited because like that pro- that rain in 2017 would have probably been like a transitional random rain that they won on SmackDown by cheating or something. I felt like this story makes it um like. It, it makes it mean a lot more, and I feel like these kind of matches now really stand out to me. Like you can have your commanders and Vikingos, and I'll say the quality is dope. But like, if I'm not as invested into the match with the characters, I I, I think that like you know I I've, I've come to a, a point in my life where I think I enjoy the storytelling in in matches and to build me up interest and get me emotionally involved. That's you know what I mean. But it, it was mm. a good night of wrestling. I, I enjoyed it, so, and, and thank you for letting me come on and talk about it for a bit. Thank you.
0: thank you as always yeah i find myself more of a type of fan like hansi is you know and i think i'm in agreement that like of the emotional high throughout the night um i might go with ray versus dominic as my match of the night so um thank you for sharing those thoughts and because it helped me flesh out my own let's go up next to andy b welcome to the show andy
5: hi guys hope you're well can you hear me yes
0: yes we can hey
5: So so I just wanted to say, um, I agree with Hanzi 100%. Like I want my wrestling um, to be all about stories and I want wins and losses to matter and things to have consequence. I'm not interested in just watching exhibitions for the sake of them. So um, with that being said, guys, I was a little bit flat heading into Rollins versus Logan Paul. But I thought they really kicked into gear with that match and they never looked back and it ended up being a really memorable night of wrestling. Um, So during that match, a friend and I um, were discussing whether Logan Paul had any chance of winning and we concluded that if he did, it was going to come down to interference. So um, they shot the blue bottle at an angle and then I instinctively yelled... um, Chekhov's prime bottle <laughs> to him, so <laughs> my dog wasn't very happy with that, and she started barking, and then that woke up my neighbors, and it was a whole scene, and I believe was hilarious. <laughs> um, so anyway, sorry to, uh, so, uh, guys, so yeah, after that, I I wanted to say I I was almost in tears at um, the finish of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn's selling was so good that I bought almost every near fall really, and I went into the match thinking there's no chance they lose. Um. Uh So with the regard to night two, guys, we thought Drew McIntyre was wearing a Clash of the Castle. We thought Sami Zayn should win at Elimination Chamber. Mania 37, I wasn't even watching wrestling, but everybody was like, you know, there's going to be a feel-good moment for either Daniel Bryan or Edge, They're going to pull the trigger here. And I watched that show, and he stacked both of them on top of each other. What's different tomorrow night?
1: Who beats Roman Reigns if not Cody?
5: I mean, they thought they'd come up with somebody else, right? Jey Uso, Seth Rollins... Or oh, that undefeated wrestler vacant?
0: I'll tell you what's different is that there's a different person in charge up top. And I, I guess Hunter was in charge at Clash of the Castle as well. But that was always reserved so that Cody could get this moment. You know, Sammy was um, basically, um, you know, I don't want to say cast aside, but you know they didn't go with Sammy because they had an eye on Cody. Cody is the end game. And like John said, if not Cody, then who?
5: Fair enough, guys. Thanks so much for another great night. Hopefully, I'll be calling in tomorrow with another optimistic
0: uh, uh, point of view. Thank you so much. I love Thanks. hearing from you, Andy. Always. Thanks, Thank Andy. you. Thank you for the call. Let's go uh, uh, up next to Alex. Alex, welcome.
3: Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just got back to my Airbnb from the stadium. Ooh. How I di- how I did it in less than an hour is beyond me. But yeah, that's what yeah I how was
0: traffic getting out of there? What what? How, yeah, it's amazing.
3: Um traffic was no joke. I parked at the forum. I took my own car, first of all. I took my own car, so even getting like getting there was super easy. Getting out was horrible, but as soon as the pin happened with Sammy on Jay, me and my me and my buddy who I went with, we just booked it out of there. <laughs> all right. Um but I had a question. Did you guys hear during the Seth Logan match just like the amount of cheering for the screens you know how like sofa has like that ring around the around like the stadium um mm-hmm. was there chanting for like turn the screens on because i like i kept hearing that they piped in audio so i wasn't sure
0: <laughs> i didn't notice I, it personally did you I,
3: I saw comments from people
1: that the screens went down but i i couldn't audibly hear any chanting for it
3: hmm yeah, because that was loud. And then there was a point in the middle of that match where as soon as those screens turned on, the crowd just lost it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like it was like one of the biggest pops of the show. But other than that, like I love that Dominic entrance. It was okay. camp. It understood the assignment. It understood what the essence of this character was. It wasn't taking the piss out of it. It understood exactly why people love Dominic. And I I loved it. Like everyone hated him in that crowd. Everyone loved Ray. It was so cool seeing that match in person. Rhea and Charlotte also was just incredible. Like that atmosphere was, um, at points it was divided, but for the most part, it was a pro Rhea crowd up until like there was like that turn in that match where it kicked up another notch. Mm -hmm. And that crowd just went all in on Rhea. So it was really cool getting to see that moment when she hit that super riptide from the second rope and that finisher, that, the crowd lost it, but I mean a couple callers back they were talking about like the um, the logos and the advertisements and all that stuff, during the showcase match there was like plastered all over the Trons like in the ringside area, just like those Intuit TurboTax stuff, you just couldn't miss it, and they were like to me, I was like, it was very jarring because like you'd seen the Beyblade thing at Survivor Series, but like you've never, I've never seen it just like that. I think the closest was last year's WrestleMania with the um, with the Mike's Hard Lemonade thing, but it wasn't right. just like a whole blue bar that just set into a TurboTax. And I think that one was the most jarring. But after that, like the cinnamon toast crunch stuff and like the lucha emoji guy. Even KSI just the peasant bottle, it didn't make sense, but I guess like or like it made sense, but it wasn't as jarring after that. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool.
0: I, I think that's a great point about maybe um like the nature of these like LED boards and especially the colors that they tend to choose. Uh, you know can't, like some uh, understandably they would choose a more vibrant color you know in the interest of the brand to get people to notice but at what point does it become too distracting and uh maybe ev- evidently for you at least at the start of, of that particular match it, it was too much so I, I definitely think it's something we could discuss and consider
3: but yeah um another question that i have for you guys uh watching the show is like did the stage feel like as grandiose like Watching it on TV, because like in the stadium, like that stage, granted, I never went to 33, but like, that's always just like that hallmark stage for WrestleMania. And this felt like up there with it.
0: Is that the roller coaster? 33?
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, That was a pretty spectacular set. I would, I would say, um, I, I, this one it it looked really nice. Like it looked like, you know, super premium worthy of a WrestleMania.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, uh, tomorrow, going to go do it all over again. I have my fingers crossed on Asuka winning that title. I am not holding my breath on that, but I really want to see it. I'm like, uh, uh, Asuka feels fresh. The feud, though, just has not been good. So I'm like, I'm, like I said, I'm not holding my breath, but Night 2 feels like it's going to be the more stacked card.
1: Hey, how was uh, how was SoFi Stadium? It Was this the first time you had, had attended an event there?
3: Yeah, so last week I actually went to go see Taylor Swift in um, Allegiant, and so it was it was really interesting getting that comparison between Allegiant and SoFi. SoFi blows like every stadium I've been to out of the water. Like it is such, it feels expensive in there. It feels premium. It feels like it just feels like you're in a very very like high quality space. And it was really cool seeing that in person. Yeah,
1: it's uh, I, I was kind of curious just about the uh, the the stadium itself. Well, enjoy the second night. If you have a chance, uh, call in. We uh, we would mm-hmm. love to hear from you again, but enjoy the show tomorrow night regardless.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, tr- I'll definitely try to hop on again tomorrow. But thanks, guys, for the show.
0: And I hope Thank your you. trip is uh, back home is as uh, smooth as it was today. So yes.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Four hour drive. Uh, four hour drive home. <laughs>
0: well, okay, enjoy that as well. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Pete in Texas, your device is not connected, so I don't know if you want to uh, get in on it, but uh, I, I cannot go to you. But let's go here to Ian from Best Film Ever. Hey, Ian, what's up? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, seven
8: in the morning here in the UK, but worth every moment to catch the review. Thanks a lot for. Hey, everything you thanks do. a lot. Hey, no worries. Um, Hansi brought up an interesting point, and I kind of want to look at the inverse of that. He brought up Dominic getting over in a loss, and I'm curious if you can go the other way, because I'm going to join John, that the John Cena-Austin Theory match was beyond disappointing. Um, I was kind of amped up to start the show in a a big way with Big Match John, and what I got was C-Level Raw Match John, and it wasn't even a... uh, it, it didn't feel WrestleMania worthy. It thought like they were going through the numbers, and I understand why why Cena is not going to go out there trying to steal the show. I'm not looking to steal the show. I'm just looking like to belong, like to seem like you belong on the show. And um, but my question is: can, can this do damage to Austin Theory? We all thought the build was underwhelming. Um, we all thought Cena maybe punched a little bit too hard in some of the verbal sparring. It, did he need a good performance in the match, or is the ability to go? I beat John Cena. Is that all that's going to matter in his legacy? Take down the line.
1: I, I look at it and w- we can get his thought in as well. To me, it's at the end of the show. Um, Austin Theory was an afterthought on this show. And I think that is the overall lack of impact that I, I don't think you would want to have for like, what did he get out of this John Cena program? We will see what they do with him on Monday. Certainly he is somebody that they are. Have very high hopes for, and he's still he again he's another guy in your 20s. It's not as though this is he's at this make or break stage of his career. But I just I I I don't think like you got the the great performance or any kind of buzz coming out of this. I don't think the win was booked in such a way that it felt as though this guy has um you know he has earned John Cena's respect that he you know he was kind of a lame finish that I think is. Like, unless John Cena's sticking around, I, I just don't see Austin Theory, like, it just felt like a lateral movement for, which a John Cena program should not have been. It should have been him taking this big leap forward, and I certainly didn't feel that. And I think at the end of the show, I don't think anyone's talking about that match.
0: I think it sets him on the course to tell a big story. Um The match could have been better on theory's part. I agree there. You know, I I, I had mentioned maybe feeling a lot of his heat and when he was in control to be a little lackluster. But I also feel like the intent was to always just use this opportunity to put him on a big stage against the most recognizable person, at least who's, you know, from a professional wrestling world, on this show, and to give him a big moment where he can come out of it saying, I beat John Cena. And they've done that. Um, did they maximize the value of the theory and Cena program? Sure, I think that's debatable. Did Cena punch too hard in the promo? Absolutely, that's debatable. But does it hurt Austin Theory? Not for a second. I don't think so at all. You know, simply putting him on a stage on a graphic next to a John Cena, you've exposed a lot of people to who Austin Theory is. And I think considering the amount of, like, where he was, you know, a year ago, I, I think he handled the pressure incredibly well. He There's a lot of room for improvement in a lot of places, but I certainly don't think it takes him backwards at all.
8: Excellent. I think the match in general was indicative of what I saw for this WrestleMania as a WrestleMania of two halves. The first half of the show especially, we saw at times a a rushed build or a lack of build or a lack of story anyway for which to sort of pay off on – and stadium shows are hard. Stadium shows, the sound travels up, so to get that sound to a place that usually would help dictate a match, uh, it seemed like only a few matches were able to get that. But the ones with a long-term storytelling was, was devoted to. You're looking at uh, Ray and Dominic. You're looking at Sammy and the Usos. I mean, to quote Ric Flair, I was watching the end of that match and I had a tear in my eye, as as, as if it paid off. And I, I too was transfixed on that same graphic way that you put up on the screen. Going, you know, um, last year was Austin. Last year it was the losing end. Last year you you were the plus one, but this year mm-hmm. Sammy and, and and Kevin are the dads, and and and, and so so are the Usos. And I don't know if you caught it, but Sammy gave Jay a bit of a wink just before they locked up at the start, right before it went. And it was like, I I read it as out of character. I read Mm -hmm. it as, can you believe that we're doing this? And I think it's that kind of wonderful 21st century era storytelling where you have the story, but you also have sort of the non kayfabe story within the story as well, where we're watching these two internet darlings and a tag team match in general being elevated to the main event of WrestleMania. And isn't that just a little bit special? And Completely. I think that's what delivered in those areas where if you're looking at it in a vacuum, could you have argued that Charlotte and Rhea had the better match? Absolutely. But the minute you start thinking about story and crowd and the journey you've been on, how can there be a better sign off than than, than what we got? And it reaffirms my faith in the current um, power structures, creative direction long long may it stay so Uh, and and it puts me in a good good hope for for what we're going to have tomorrow and night too so that's really all I wanted to say
0: thank you very much gentlemen appreciate all you do thank you Ian we appreciate it thank you Ian for the call and uh, check out best film ever the podcast shall we go to some post wrestling forum yes
1: yes we should so let uh, we will go now forum.postwrestling.com do you want to start things off
0: yeah let's go to Jermaine who says Jermaine from Chicago a good entertaining show. I can't imagine if Logan Paul started wrestling at 18, what he would look like. I think, really think he would be an upper carter. I laughed so hard on that mascot spot. It was cool to see some different people main eventing a big show. I'm more a fan of variety in the main event. I'm happy for Sammy and Kevin. Now split those titles up so these tag teams can stop fighting for nothing, as we saw earlier tonight.
1: Appreciate appreciate all you got, your guys' effort this week. Thanks for one more night. Man, I'm going to disagree. I think on both sets, I think it's so much more impactful when we've got one set of titles and one world championship. I think it feels so much more important that we didn't have a world title match tonight. And now Roman Reigns and Cody are on the second night. I just think it means so much more like you. Why do we need two sets of tag team champions?
0: Well, the argument is it gives more for your rosters to do, especially if you're to split the rosters. But if they're con- continuing to, you know, just do what they're doing right now, I would agree. You know, having one focused championship, um there is no It's, it's hope. like the
1: argument, if if you have two world champions, do you have zero world champions?
0: Sure, yeah. There's no hope that we would have had a tag team title main event tonight if there were two world championships, not in my opinion. Um, but I think it's really, really? reliant on the 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 promotion to tell effective stories for these tag teams that don't involve the championship
1: that's it like you do not why were people lamenting that ray and dominic didn't have a belt to fight over like that yeah. was a great story, and mm-hmm. let's be honest. Like let's go back of these all these WrestleManias where you could not fathom a tag title match being anywhere sniffing a main event. These would have been kickoff matches, and we had two sets of belts. Like what were these teams fighting over? That was so valuable. These yeah. second set of tag titles, and they were just they were nothing. They were you know you had, you had ebbs and flows. Like you had you know your occasional New Day Usos great match, but mm-hmm. they were there were way more of just. Yeah just throw whatever against the wall for these raw tag titles smackdown tag titles and it was like did it really enhance the match all that much
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean i'm going to an extreme but i i just think like they might not have intended to keep these belts together for so long but i Mm -hmm. do feel like there is they feel much much stronger when everyone is gunning for this this one set so shall we go one step
0: further shall we unify the women's championship?
1: I would be fine with that. I think it would be something worth exploring at at this point. I don't think you need the, the two sets uh, of titles. And look, their house shows are through the roof. And what was the, one of the big things was that, well, we need two world titles to draw on two separate house shows. Well, mm-hmm. you're drawing incredible without Roman working these shows. Yeah. So it's, it's like... You have you have stars, you have a captivating product at the moment, and you're drawing well. And that's without any world champion on the road every weekend. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't buy that argument either.
0: The belt is a device that I think they've over relied on way too much to, you know, automatically create a story when it should be absolutely story first, character first, and everything else second. How you know this was effective tonight was... Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos could have main invented a show even without the championship. Okay, obviously, like for WrestleMania, maybe you, you need a headlining championship out. But if the story that they told up until this point did not involve a championship, we would all still be as interested. And we'd all potentially still call for it, you know, to to be the, the headlining show or, or match, I should say. So absolutely. I think that's a really interesting point. Um,
1: is it you or me next? You. Uh- I'll go to Brandon from Oshawa, seeing Sammy and Kevin just sitting across the ring from each other, taking in their big win with the Intuit TurboTax main event (laughs) after the Intuit TurboTax main event was incredible. I couldn't help but have tears. It was probably a top three mania moment for me. My match of the night, though, was Dominic and Ray. The match was just fun and exactly what I was looking for from the entrances, the finish and Bad Bunny to set up next month.
0: Let's into a Turbo text main event. I mean, I, I don't know, is that advertising working or, or not? I'm I'm not really sure. Uh Hernice Delacruz sends another five dollars to say, did they realize that the theory match hurt him mid-show? So they had him do the promo later in the show? No,
1: I I don't think at all. No.
0: These segments are like pretty pre-planned, you know, I I have to think, uh, for these rundowns and the amount of production and the amount of people that are involved in all of it nor did i feel the promo (laughs) don't think anyone remembered
1: the promo anyway Afterwards, like Like if you felt like
0: if you felt like the match hurt him this promo didn't do anything to change it if you felt like the match didn't hurt him i mean what was i guess this was just a reminder that hey like this happened and you know that's that's kind of it um yeah all right, let's go to Jay from Colorado, who says, this is the first time I've been able to watch a Mania live in a few years, and I didn't regret it at all. I thought the entire card was pretty good from top to bottom, with the low point being the women's tag. My match of the night was the tag match at the end, but my entrance of the night goes to Dominic. That was absolute gold. Also, I have no idea who the guy in the drink costume during the Logan match, Paul, uh, Logan Paul match was, but got to give him credit for taking the bump from Logan at the end there.
1: Yes. It, KSI is pretty popular. I mean he's not gonna be in everyone's like uh purview, but man, he's he's pretty damn popular. So I, I actually thought it was like a cool get that they had uh him on this show. It's not gonna appeal to everybody, but I mean that's that's also, you know, sort of modern day. If you're Gen Z, I I have to imagine you know Logan Paul yeah. or Young. That uh, that's gonna get Fair amount of attention, I think. Manny from Pacoima. Really fun mania. Dominic versus Ray was the perfect main event. Prince Mysterio was representing for all of his fellow prisoners. Rhea and Charlotte uh, saw how poor Triple H built their rivalry and said, watch this, and delivered one hell of a match. I hope Charlotte was okay after landing on her face. The tag match was great storytelling and had the crowd by their fingertips. Sammy... Earn to have this moment that will last forever in WWE history, given how well Rhea and Charlotte performed, would either of you have been okay if it was the main event of the show based on that match alone? Um, I I think we've outlined, I I think they made the correct call. And that's even with seeing the, the match quality. And if that lit a fire under Charlotte and Rhea, great. It's like, I would want... People that are aggressively fighting for those main event roles and have and go out and perform with a chip on your shoulder. I think that's really healthy competition uh, to have that you want to have. And I think it's a great fact that it's like this. This is not about male versus female. It's like these are these were two excellent matches, and and it came down to, to ultimately I think the stronger story headlined, and they were in a position that they were able to follow a really strong show at the end. So I think in the end they they made the right call. And that's like your uh, like a big signature moment was Owens and Zayn prevailing after all these months.
0: I, I believe the match that was primarily responsible for people coming through the door should be the one that ends the show. And there was no doubt for me that was Robin Ray or sorry, uh, Sammy and, and, and Kevin versus the Usos. I mean to a lesser extent, um, or maybe an equal extent, Dominic and Ray, but I I I would have you know put Ray in Sorry, um, uh, Sammy and Kevin above them. Um, I don't know how many tickets would have been sold because of Charlotte and Rhea. That's all to say that if they did headline on that show, it would have been tremendously tremendously successful. And I think everybody would have left incredibly happy. But they laid this card out appropriately. The, 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 it worked better as a semi-made event. Anthony from Inglewood. Night one. Inglewood. Was a very enjoyable show where the wrestlers who fans uh, where the wrestlers who fans wanted to win actually won and left a great feeling by the end of the night. If you were to not watch night two, many would probably, arguably, have this on their top ten WrestleManias of all time because I still see Roman winning on Saturday. I will say this. That SmackDown Women's match between Rhea and Charlotte was amazing, and to me, their best match ever. I didn't hate the Pat McAfee stuff because it did its job as a come-down spot to give the crowd a breather so they can gear up for the main event tag match, which was also incredible. 10 out of 10 show, solely because of that great ex-con Dom's entrance.
1: All right, and Nas is the final word here. The last two matches absolutely made this show for me. Charlotte and Rhea completely over-delivered. What a main event. It was so good. Just absolute perfection. Great WrestleMania overall. Kevin Owens might might as well retire. Back-to-back WrestleMania main events. Um, listen, it was, uh, you know, you looked at last year. Both of them came out as, you know two of the standouts like two of the stars of last year's shows on night one and night two and then you got this uh this year so great accomplishment for them um they had a hell of a match tonight and uh you know very very strong showing and listen it was not that long ago that we were looking like their deals were coming up and then they opted to stay with the company and god
0: yeah could you imagine if they didn't say what they would have missed out on
1: it's it, you, you can never tell, like, you can never. It, it's not, it was a big turning point when they signed those deals. Cause, like, listen, mm-hmm. it's not like Owens and Zane were these, um, favored sons in this company for years, like, they were in sort of the utility roles, both of them. It took a long time for them to get to these positions as taken them years and years on the main roster uh, to get to. So there you go. That is going to wrap up uh, night one of our coverage. I do want to give a big thank you to everyone uh, helping out on the site this weekend, Andrew Thompson, Neil Flanagan, John Pine, Karen Peterson and the great John Cena, uh, of course. Brayden and Davey doing their uh, their watch along party sold out tonight. I believe it's sold out for night two as well, uh, but you can double check poisonrana.ca. They're back on Sunday night at Gabby's in uh, downtown Toronto. On hey, Street, shout
0: East. out to those guys especially because they did their NXT standing deliver post show and then w- went over to Gabby's to host this event. So man, everybody is just working extra hard, especially if you're attached to post wrestling. So. Credit to everybody. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for mentioning.
1: Huge, uh, tons of coverage on the site all weekend long. Uh, Everyone has been putting in a a ton of hours. So we thank all of you for checking out any of it. Uh, Do subscribe here to the YouTube channel. Turn on your notification because we will be back Sunday night right after WrestleMania night two to see how it stacks up against night one. So that is it for us. Thanks to all of you for tuning in live at this late hour. And we will speak with you Sunday night.